evening and welcome to Elosa Pumar Takes. This is our 237 take live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studio of Azel, Texas. I'm your host, Perry Duplissy, as always, and I'm so proud, so pleased, and so privileged to be with you all tonight. This is going to be a fantastic show, a return of one of my very favorite guests, and it's not just because his son's names are behind me. I promise you, one of my absolutely favorite takes of all time, and we've got a return guest. But before we get to introductions of this guest of honor, even though you can probably guess who it is, we've got to thank the folks that do make this show possible. And as, answers, as always, tonight's show is sponsored by Drew Estate. Drew Estate announced in its most recent Freestyle Live the new Blackened Cigars M81 by Drew Estate's swag campaign that returns the Phineas Gage and the debut of Deadwood Coffin's Humidors all on the Freestyle Live broadcast this past week. It was a phenomenal show. The first Blackened Cigars M81 by Drew Estate swag continues includes a Blackened bottle carry bag, a guitar-shaped Blackened ashtray to honor Metallica co-founder, singer, and guitarist and blackened partner james headfield a blackened single flame lighter and a blackened cigar stand the blackened swag will be available at all blackened cigars m81 by drew estate events beginning immediately and lasting through the end of the spring each of these events will have will also have block boxes of blackened cigars m81 by drew estate available at events only for so check out your drew diplomat retailer for a calendar of events and get yourself there to one of your local retailers so you can get part of this swag bag. And also the Phineas Gage, uh, it makes it return the Liga Provada H99 Phineas Gage. It's a 7x40 Lancero. Will also be debuting and uh, returning in 2022. You want to check out that cigar. It's a fantastic uh, variant of that blend. And the new Deadwood Tobacco Company Coffin Humidors as well. So a lot going on with True Estate. Check out their events. Go to your local retailer. Check out the local event schedule. And you want to get on. Uh, you want to get on board with one of these things, a fantastic swag bag, great cigars, as always, from Drew Estate. And welcome, everyone. This is our 237 take, and I'm so, plowed, I'm so proud, so pleased, so privileged to welcome back, again, one of my favorite guests, uh, sponsored by United Cigars. Smoke one today and start living United. Mr. Alan Rubin of Alec Bradley. Alan, how are you doing tonight, sir? Bear, I'm doing great, and uh, I really appreciate you having me on. I always look forward to spending time with you and having a, you know, it's real conversation when we talk. So I, I really look forward to that. I thank you so much. I, I, I've, I've, I've gotten asked the question a lot over the years and stuff. And I, and it's really hard for me. It, it really is because like, I've, I've enjoyed these conversations with a lot of these people that I've had. Um, but you're the conversation that I had with you. The first time that I had you on was, uh, there were so many things that I've wanted to ask you over the years, even before I even met you. Um, that I got to ask that night. And it was such a privilege um, to have that conversation with you. Um, and it was still, it's still, it's still one of my favorites. It's Thank the, you. yeah, it's absolutely still one of my favorites. And cause I get asked that question all the time, like, Oh, who's the, and it's, you know, it, it's really hard, you know, after 237 of these, you know, it's kind of hard to pick yeah. your favorite one, but it's still one of my absolute favorite conversations. So you guys can check that out too. go back in time. Uh, some really great stuff, but we're going to have a great show tonight. And uh, again, thank you so much for joining tonight, Alan. And and I know you you already prefaced it before we started the show that uh, if it if it wasn't for me, uh, I know you wouldn't be doing this. So. <laughs> yes, I did that at ten thirty. <laughs> I'm, I'm humbled. I'm humbled. So, well, let's kick things off here. Uh, while while um, I, I told you that uh, normally uh, my guests actually pick my cigar, but I was going to do. Um, I've already asked so much of you. I thought I would just pile on some more. You're also going to pick my beverage tonight. Uh, so I've got a couple of choices for you. So let's start with the cigars. I've got a fresh box here. 
that I'm so excited about this particular Vitola. But I got a fresh box of the Alec Bradley Double Broadleaf, the Grand Corona size. This is a Vitola I'm really excited about. I've been smoking a lot of the Robusto, um, but I got this box on a recommendation from some friends. Um, and I've got a something special from the boys. I've got the Alec and Bradley uh, YU. Uh, for celebrating JR's uh, 50th anniversary, yeah. and uh, I, I, I wouldn't be an it wouldn't be an Alec Bradley show without uh, me bringing this blast from the past. Uh, I've got a uh, Alec Bradley Mundial uh, number four. Oh wow! Okay, good choice right there. So, uh, so here are the here are your choices for beverage. I've got um, a tequila uh, Reposado tequila uh, called Vison. I've been drinking a lot of this. It's fantastic. Great pairing yeah. with most cigars. Uh, here's your curveball. I've got a bottle of Cointreau. <laughs> you know, definite curveball. A definite curveball. A little, curve a little, or a little yeah. orange liqueur. A little, little citrus to kick off our evening. Or um, this is Russell's Reserve. Uh, it's it's actually a rye whiskey. I know you're uh, you're drinking bourbon, which we'll talk about here in just a second. But this is a a six year old rye, um, one that I've uh, I've favored very much it's very it's very good so yeah i like i like the russell stuff i do all right sir what am i smoking I, and what am i drinking well i think you should do go to the uh, tequila the his own okay. tequila and um i'm gonna i'm gonna smoke the the double broadleaf um i kind of warmed up with another cigar earlier kind of waiting to, for this thing to start but i think i'll uh, i'm gonna go right to the uh, alec bradley double broadleaf so I was Maybe really hoping you would pick this. There, we, this isn't planned, by the way. Everyone, I do this like every show, and everyone, everyone I've getting the question every once in a while, like, "Oh, do you plan it out?" I'm like, no, really. I, my, most of my guests pick my cigar for me, so. Uh, but I was hoping you'd do that because so I'm, I get to, I may get to open this box in front of you. So, what a what a fantastic job, on the on the on the box, and I love the green. I love the use of green with it. I think it's I think it's fan, fantastic. You know, um, I take no I take no credit for that. By the way, I want you to know that. <laughs> That is, well, that is, uh, that was Bradley's baby from the beginning, and then Alec came in and you know support underneath. And but uh, from the green color, packaging concept, the blend was was Bradley and Alec both, and um, so they kind of just presented it to me. You know what I, what I do at that point is really just take where they're going, and try and give some experience to it, and say, hey, we need to look at certain things, maybe the color of green, or what else can we do to liven it up a little bit, but. I take I take no credit for uh, for the new double broadleaf. I I think I, I mean it's just I love how it kind of plays off. It's it has a it has an elegance about it, right? And that's it's all like the 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 label and everything has always had that has always had that kind of elegant look to it. Um, but I really like the kind of rustic nature of it as well. The the green and the brown I that play off of a little bit. The there's not like a whatever a lacquer to the box so it has a little bit more of a little bit more of a rustic thing which kind of goes hand in hand with broadleaf you know broadleaf yeah. is very rustic so i mean it i mean you know as always you guys always well uh think everything through bear right. i have to i have to tell you that's that's pretty good because all the things that you just mentioned are actual things that we have to make decisions on each one of those pieces that you just mentioned whether it's got a high gloss or a semi gloss or a satin or no gloss the colors, all of that, we we put a lot of time and energy into, 
So the fact that you picked up on all that is pretty cool. That it's good to know that people that people notice all of those you know small tiny details because uh, they mean a lot to us. Well, I I think it's I think it's important because I mean like a cigar cigar making is 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 very much storytelling. We've we've had this talk before, and and there's a lot of stories to tell, and it's 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 different from person to person and perspective to perspective right but like the thing that i think is really cool like you know we were this was live on air when we actually had brad on and we were talking about kintsugi and he pulls out the box and i was like man this is really beautiful it's really great and he just turns it on his side and i notice and before i say anything he actually talks about it how the, the gold cracks go all the way around and they're all like it's all it's all part of the design there's nothing it's broken, but there's nothing broken in the lines and stuff. It was it was really really well done. It was beautiful. So yeah, our our box factory was not happy about that. I can tell you. That. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. The more detail, the more detail for uh, for you guys uh, uh, makes it harder on them. I'm sure, but uh, but yeah, I'm looking I'm looking forward to this cigar. I mean, it's just absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Um. Now this is. Uh, this is where I'm really going to step in it, Alan. I apologize, but I mean, have you guys done a Vitola like this before on any on anything? Um, <laughs> bear, bear, we've introduced a lot of stuff over the last twenty. Yeah, years, I was going to so. say 25, 25 years. I'm I'm asking you to recall pretty. I mean, it's it's a very I mean it's a very unique Vitola, and it looks fantastic with the uh, with the label that we were just talking about and the color of the of the broad leaf and everything. So I'm, I'm, I'm super excited. Which Vitola are you smoking? You said you were going to be uh, lighting up the I'm, same thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm smoking, a, I'm smoking the, um, I'm smoking the Toro, but I have to tell you the size that you're smoking is probably my favorite in the line. So, but I have to tell you a funny story because you talked about the packaging. So many years ago, uh, we had a guy that worked with us. His name is Gianni Prunetti and I literally bought the computer and put Adobe Illustrator on there, and he started learning how to do graphic design for us many years ago. Ended up going on his own some years later, and Gianni today is the guy who took all of our concepts and all of our ideas and created what you have in your hand today. So to me, that's, it's, it's, an amazing, it's an amazing progression, right, where somebody who had, who had an idea a desire to do something, didn't necessarily have the knowledge, came to us, we worked with him, and years later, he's the guy who who sat with us and listened to everything and listened to Alec and Bradley and and then created uh, that packaging that you have. Well, what I think what's really, what's really awesome about the fact, again, that we're speaking, and like I remember... I remember some of the first cigars that I ever smoked were uh, Alec Bradley's, you know, as I was kind of getting into like really into cigars and everything. And I remember thinking the the very, because at this time you had this, the, the subtle AB wasn't white on red, like it is now. It was a, it was like a gold. Well, depending on the, the band, it was like a gold and it was more compact the other way instead of long and lean. Mm -hmm. It was, I'm trying to describe some people listening later on the podcast are going to be bored to tears right now, but that's fine. Um, but it's, it's really cool when you see brand progression over the years, particularly like when you're like loyal to something. And I think that that's probably been the most, one of the most fun things to reflect back on in the, my time smoking is like, okay, well, when I started smoking cigars, you know, like the Florida Minicana, they, they, they brought back the, uh, 
the flower, you know, the tobacco flower and some of their stuff, but that was where, that's where the brand started. Yep. And, you know, the AB was very much, obviously a very much part of the branding for you guys, but it looked different. And I really, I really like the, the, the kind of, like I said, the, to look back and look at the progression of branding and everything. I think it's, it's, it's a fun exercise when you think about direction. Yeah, I mean, company it, direction. it's also, there's a, you know, there's kind of a natural evolution to what takes place with that. And, you know, those, I think what you come into in terms of decisions when you're changing logos and, and trying to upgrade your logo and your brand is do you lose the people that have already supported you and that are loyal to you? You know, do they, what do they think about it, right? So I think there's a, there's always a lot of questions before a company takes a move or makes a move to take what they have that's working and then figure out how do we make it better without upsetting the apple cart. So and I know we go through that. I mean, did you, I mean, I wasn't as plugged in as I, as I, as I would be now, uh, if, if this, this kind of change had happened now, but did, I mean, going back a little bit, I mean, was, was there that, were those the people that were upset that like the apple cart was upset or, or were, was it pretty, was it pretty well received at the time? <laughs> it was absolutely received just fine. Uh, nobody, nobody mentioned anything. We didn't lose anybody, but when you, you know, as the owner of the company, all of these things, is, uh, you know, are decisions that keep you up at night, right? Because you're, you're moving and we're progressing and year over year, we had great progression. And then I'm like, hey, we need to, we need to upgrade our logo. We need to, you know, we need to bring a higher level of class and sophistication and do more things with it. And we can't do it with what we have. And so to do that, we have to make a, a fairly sizable move for us. And, um, yeah, I mean, I can tell you there's, there's a lot of sleepless nights when you're taking something that's working and say, what am I willing to give up to, to get more, to get more people involved in our brand, emotionally connected to our brand. And so no, that's just, I think it's just natural. You, you know, you mentioned sleepless nights. I mean, I mean, not to, I mean, that's, that's probably close to probably pretty literal for you. I mean, this it's clear and evident when you put your family's, in this case, your son's names on your brand and knowing the story and everything and how, you know, the last 25 plus years you've, you've treated this company and how it's, you've preserved your fam family's legacy in the business by all these decisions and, and the, the, your fantastic art of cigar making it. I mean, that's, I mean, it has to, it has to be pretty terrifying when you make like a, a complete, you know, div, you know, diversion off of, you know, what's been your path for, you know, over a decade at that point. I mean, that's, I mean, gosh, I can't even imagine how nerve wracking that is. Yeah. So I'll, I'll tell you a story about that. So I met a great graphic designer. Um, he had an agency. He was out in Arizona. He was out in Phoenix. He had his own agency, sold the agency, kind of semi-retired and moved to the Carolinas. And I met him through some people and we started doing work together. And it was one of these things that I, I had a conversation with him over the phone and said, I need something like this. And he literally grabbed what was in my mind and put it on paper. And I was like, wow, this is my guy. And, um, and so we, we did a couple of projects together and I said, you know, I want to, I'm going to invite him to one of the trade shows, you know, so <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't know if it was RTDA or IPCPR or PCA. I don't remember what exactly the year it was. But anyway, I invited my, this guy Jeff and his wife, and I wanted them to see everything we were doing. And at one point at the end of the show, we sat down on the couch and we were just talking. And he looked around and he goes, hey, this is pretty cool, you know, like what you have. And I turned to him straight face and said, I'm willing to give it all up to have it right. And he looked at me like, what do you mean? I said, we're doing, we're doing well and the company's doing well, but it doesn't feel right. I need something to build upon and I'm willing to give up everything I have to make sure I have it right. And he was just, at that moment, he was completely engaged and said, okay, I get it. And then we started working together. He was in the Carolinas and, and I said, I can't, I can't run my business having you there. I want you to move down to South Florida. And he said, he said, I, I retired and we're living in our dream home. And I said, well, you told me it was like 45 minutes to get to the closest grocery store. How could that be your dream home? It's not even possible. <laughs> and uh, three months later, he moved down. And he was with me for five years. Wow. That, wow, that's a, that's a great story. I, it's also very relatable to me. We moved out to the country last year, and I'm, I'm like 10 minutes to the nearest grocery store. So I can't imagine 45. I mean, 10 minutes is like a huge inconvenience. Okay. Um, but – was this like a, I mean, was this like a light bulb moment for you that like you, you wanted that when you wanted to get it right at the, as you describe it, or was it like this gradual, like kind of like something like gnawing at you, like, you know, like something poking you in the side of your team, like something's not right. Something's not right. And then it finally clicked one day. So I think the main thing for me was that I, I, our, our icon, the Alec Bradley icon didn't speak to a wide enough audience. And so I, be, I believed in my heart that our cigars, our, our portfolio spoke to a wide audience, but it, it wasn't speaking, but the logo in itself, the icon wasn't speaking to the, to the audience that we were looking to move into as well. And so I knew at that point that it was limiting. And so why would I want to continue to try and progress, bring our, our portfolio to a greater audience, our message to a greater audience, our feel to a greater audience, and yet I have an icon that didn't keep up. And that was right. kind of the precipice for me, like, hey, I've got to make a change. Mm -hmm. And so, and we worked, we worked really hard to, to kind of put the concepts together. I told them what I was looking for and, uh, and it all came together. So, and, and by the way, not without pushback, right? Don't. Sure. Yeah, not everybody within the walls was, was into it, so. Well, and and I'll tell you, I'll tell you this too, Alan. Is that I mean, most of I mean, the, the the logo itself can fit onto any color spectrum, and you've proven that across you know over the last couple of years with different things. But the main label itself is is typically red, like we see it behind me, or yeah. or on the double broadleaf that we're smoking tonight. The center, the center crest is that is the the AB with the with the crown and everything, and. Um, I mean, what a gutsy move too. Like, you know, red is like one of the you know iconic industry colors. You know how how gutsy is that to say like that's it? This is what we're rolling with, and we know it's going to still, even though it's still very similar, it's still we're going to make cigars and we're going to make a marketing plan and we're going to do all these things that are still going to separate us in the humidor. And you achieved it. 
I mean, that's, well, that's incredible. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. I, I mean, I can, I can tell you not only the creation was something that we had to kind of wrap our heads around, like, Hey, is this it? You know, that becomes the, again, the sleepless night is this is what we have. Am I a hundred percent sure that I want to do this? But I, I saw it and I kind of knew where we were and I tried to build it where the logo was built in three components. And eventually we could lose one, potentially lose two, and people would still recognize the brand. Mm -hmm. So that was really important. And I wanted the pieces to be able to live on their own. So we have hats that have just the crown, right? And then we have, we have ashtrays that have just Alec Bradley. Right. So we, we wanted, and then we have pieces that just have AB. We have mm -hmm. also, you know, swag with just AB. So, and, and I don't know if you remember, right? It was in a badge. It was kind of in a bad shaped. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So eventually I knew that the badge was going to go away. It was just a holder for the AB in the crown. Okay. But that takes time, right? Again, you don't always know when the exact time is, but you get to the point of saying, hey, this is my brand. This is what I'm trying to convey. And then at one point, the, the badge shape kind of gets in the way in some areas. So then at that point, it's time to reduce one of the components from three down to two and kind of go from there. So that's, uh, that's kind of what we did. It's mentioned, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned that the bad badge being this placeholder. And then you, you, as you mentioned all those other things that they, yeah, it all kind of, it all kind of clicks and And that's, I think that's, what's really interesting about something so small and simple, right? I mean, we're talking about three components, right? Four, if you're including the color, but three, the, the A, the B and the crown. But yeah, we can seamlessly like change those things out or move them around in different places and different looks. And it still, it still holds true to, to North, you know, if I could be mm -hmm. metaphorical, but it's, that's, that's really interesting. I just looked down too. And I just realized that even the, the moon deal that I've, that I've kept all this time has that, has the same thing too. I mean, it's very consistent with what, again, what we're smoking that was released in 2022, which is really cool. Yeah. So, I mean, we, again, we try and stay, you know, we have brand guidelines. Um, there's times that we trample all over it, but um, for the most part, we have brand guidelines as to what we want to do. What, what is our red, you know, what, what's the Pantone color and uh, where can we go with it? So we, we, we try and stay true to what we believe got us where we are today, right? Which is a look and a feel to our, to our brand. Um, and what is our message? So I think those are all pieces that we, that we try and stick to. But what I think is cool is that when you have younger guys now in the business, you know, Alec and Bradley, uh, you know, Jonathan and uh, Lipson and Mike Sirota, you know, they're, they're quite a bit younger. They see things different and they challenge. They challenge a lot, which is really cool because I think without that, it's impossible to really get better. I think you want, I know within our walls, I want people to challenge what we're currently doing. So, I, and, and that it's worked for us. It's funny you mentioned uh, uh, youth and everything. I, I, was, I was always surprised the first time I met Jonathan. And I met him over Zoom, but then I met him in person and I was surprised how young he was. And, and I don't mean that in a knock or anything, but he has such, uh, the conversations I've had with him are so, you know, deep and they're, they're, they're bogged in, they're, they're very analytical, you know, and, and, they're very mature for someone that I, you know, you know, seems well beyond his, well beyond his age. 
and everything. So, and, and I know you yeah. guys think very highly of him, and he's been a great part of your team and and everything. And he he was he was uh, he was responsible for putting tonight's interview together. So, I mean, uh, all all thanks to thanks to John for for doing that. So, that's John. John keeps the company grounded because you know we have creative creative people who have no clue what grounded means, um, but. John is able to kind of bring all the pieces together, put the analytics to it, which is interesting that you mentioned that he is very analytical and kind of give us a snapshot moment of saying, hey, this is what's real. I know what you think. I know what you feel. And we'll take some of that in. But here are real numbers. Here's real, you know, real, real life situations that we have to deal with. And so John's really a good balancing act. So, yeah, we're very appreciative of having him here. Well, that, uh, that'll bring us into tonight's major point. And to the, all major points are always brought to you by the people. Yes, cigar people, the people who know everything about a lifetime of service. Protocol Cigars is more than just pool parties and good times. Well, maybe it is. But behind the fun is a motivation for service, a motivation for giving back. From the original Protocol Blue to the latest release in the Lawman series, Phoebe Cousins, Protocol has always been about honor, passion, and yes, the people. It's what their life's work has been and always will be about. Power of the P protocol cigars so uh and before we kind of kick i wanted to have this this theme of kind of like this this past year and in the kind of the upcoming year centered around the fact that we're kind of kicking off the new year we had our we had our uh, our top 10 cigars last uh, couple weeks ago and and uh, we took last week off and everything so this is kind of the kickoff to 2023 for us and um and uh so I was thinking about uh, New Year's resolutions, and I, I didn't, uh, you know, as the many transitions and, and directions and all the decisions that you've made over the year, you know, over 25 years that we keep saying about your company and everything, have, um, have, are you, are you a fan of New Year's resolutions? Have you ever made any? Have you ever stuck to them? Because, I mean, that's always the joke, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, generally, I don't, I'm not a big fan of New Year's resolutions because, Listen, most of the time, I'm not sure what day of the week it is or what day of the month it is. I just kind of do my thing. Um, the last New Year's resolution I made was to stop procrastinating, and, and uh, I, don't, I didn't start till March. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not sure if I won or I lost on that. So I, was just, I don't know if that's a joke or not, but that's... It's uh, it's really funny. I've I've asked that question to a couple of people, uh, non non cigar industry people, but like I, I in my day job, I also deal with entrepreneurs too, and uh, and it's funny. They're like, no, I don't believe in it. No, I don't believe in it. And the, the, it's funny that the two or three people that I talked to uh, this week about it, just kind of casual conversation. They're like, they're like, it's it's funny you mentioned about time. They're like, you know, time kind of gets away when you're running your own business, and and you know. The work, the work. There isn't a work week, right? There isn't a work day. Everything kind Correct. of blends together. So it's it's interesting that you mentioned about not knowing what day it is, and um, I think that's part of the entrepreneurial entrepreneurial spirit. Is you're you know you're always you're always on go because you're always making your own schedule and everything, and it it doesn't necessarily mingle with the, the traditional nine to five Monday through Friday. Yeah, I think if you're going to own your own business and you think that there's a uh, there's a kind of a time frame, I guess maybe you're just better than me. But yeah, you know, uh, unfortunately, if you ask the people that work with me, they're getting emails at like four fifteen in the morning. Um, you know, I and it's funny. I come in and I can I like I heard a conversation recently. They're like, Do you, they didn't know I was in. I was walking down the hallway. 
And they were like, did you get that email from Alan at 3.15 this morning? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like me. It's for my workers uh, or some, some of the people on my team. I was, I was promoted last May, and so I'm running a team now uh, for my day job. And, and I, 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 uh, I uh, made the, the internal mistake. I don't know if you guys use Slack at Alec Bradley, but we have it we, internally. We have. I thought I, re- I thought I remembered. Yeah, I thought I remembered that you guys use it. But uh, I uh, saw that a couple of my team members had notifications turned off, meaning like I, they weren't going to get an alert. And I was like, OK, I won't be bothering them. It's like 11, 12 o'clock at night. And I'm still working. And I, I send them some stuff. And both of them were like, you know, bear, you know, hey, we love we love working for you. You're great. But could you not message us at like the middle of the night? And I'm like, the notifications were turned off. Like, right. and so I was like, okay, I'll just email. Don't check. I was like, don't, don't turn your, turn your notifications off of email. Cause if, and they're like, that's fine. So settled that we settled on that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, when the mind's working and everything you've got, you know, sometimes, especially in the creative world that you work in, I mean, it's, it, you can't, you can't pause. You've got to, you got to get down on paper. You got to make sure that then, you know, the people know about it. So I totally get where that's coming from. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, listen, I'm kind enough. I don't text them. So I think that's a step up, right? I just send an email. <laughs> there you go. So, um, well, we talked about the new year and everything. Well, you don't make any resolutions and the new year kicked off great. I mean, uh, you know, so, you know, a few years ago you were, you had this cigar aficionado number one cigar of the year, but I mean, I mean, that paled in comparison to this year's honor. I say a little bit in jest, but I know you're very proud of it, and, and he's very proud of it too. My good friend and partner naming uh, the Alec Bradley Fine and Rare BC 134EV, the number one cigar of the year for 2022. Uh, I know how dear this project is to you, so I, I know that, that this, this, this meant a lot to you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, more than most people know, and probably more than, than I would tell. But um, yeah, this... Yeah, this was everything, and, and uh, it's interesting because Coop, Coop came down here uh, some months ago, and we were sitting in our lounge and just having a conversation and a cigar, and, uh, and he said to me, so <laughs> out of the finer rares, is this your best one or, like, your favorite one or the one that, you know, honored your father? And, and I said, listen, I said, you know, it, if we're just going to be straight honest cigar for cigar, I think this uh, this fine and rare is as good or better cigar than than any cigar we've made in our history. So he said, "I agree." And then we kind of <laughs> and then we dropped it. You know, there was like no more conversation about it after that. Um, so I didn't know where it was gonna you know end up if anywhere. But I knew he I knew he liked this cigar. So um, yeah, listen, it's in terms of accolades, and and again, we don't really do it for the accolades. We do it for our customer base, right? The people who are loyal to our brand and the people that enjoy what we do. But we had a, we had a good year, uh, accolade wise. I can tell you that probably the best since we've been in business. Absolutely. I think, um, I mean, all of it's well-deserved that, that cigar in particular, we, we, we smoked it on the smoking syndicate round table and, uh, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm always going to be honest with you, Alan. I was a low guy on the totem pole at the time, but, you know, I, I smoked, you know, I rated it on the smoking experience that I was having, uh, but then I proceeded to smoke it like three more times because everyone else on the panel just absolutely loved it. I didn't, I didn't dislike it by any stretch of the imagination. I thought it was really good, um, which tells you how everyone else just absolutely adored it, including Coop, like we were just talking about it. Um, and I smoked it three or four 
three or four more times. And that's why it made my honorable mention list. Limited editions don't make my top 10. So, but that was why it was my, one of my honorable mentions for this year, just because uh, I do five, you know, my, basically my top five limiteds. And it was, it was certainly, certainly one of that. Cause it was incredible. <coughs> I have not had all of them. Um, but from my memory and my recollection, it was definitely my favorite fine and rare that I've smoked. And again, I haven't had all of them, but it was, it, it was a phenomenal, phenomenal blend that just came together really well. Thank you. I mean, look, one of the reasons why all the cigar manufacturers have a vast portfolio is because not everything is going to be, is going to hit for every consumer. And I think that's really what's, what's cool about cigar manufacturers nowadays is they, they end up knowing what their style is and they end up kind of knowing who they are. And then they produce things that they want to bring to market. Um, and there's so many great cigars in the market right now. So, I mean, I, I have to tell you, as a, as a cigar smoker, as a consumer, I always say the same thing. If I wasn't making them, I would still just be smoking them and, and be, you know, part of all of these groups because I love it so much. But there's, there's a bunch of, of great cigars in the market and a great cigar makers in the market and a bunch of young guys that are in now. Um, I think that I think the industry is healthy. I do. I think the industry is really healthy with good young talent coming in, people with good palates, you know, doing great blends. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it's kind of a cool time to see also that all the kind of energy and effort that I've put in over the last 25 years to see that there's great people coming in, younger people coming in now who are just carrying the torch and going. And I have to say, I mean, I, I know it's my kids, but my kids are in that group. You know, they're they're working their butts off to to put everything together to move forward. And and I've always said to them, hey, what I've done is just kind of build the foundation. You have to decide what you want to build on it. And uh, and they've taken that. So. Well, and that was that's going to be my next question here was that the I, you know, you mentioned about how, you know, over time, especially well-established brands, they kind of develop their own signature, signature style, flavor, palette, everything. And you, you commented about how these this young talent that's coming in, including your own sons and everything. I what I've what I've always loved about my conversations with Alec and Bradley is that they're 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 constantly testing those that palette, and they're and they're obviously smoking a lot of prototypes. They're also smoking a lot of age stuff. They're smoking a lot of Alec Bradley, but they're also big fans of cigars in general. And so they're constantly, um, you know, smoking other stuff as well too. And I mean, I think you just answered it, but I mean, the, is there, is there, uh, I guess you're not worried about that, you know, down the road, you know, the signature may change. That signature flavor may change for Alec Bradley Mm -hmm. as these new palettes kind of get, you know, kind of start taking over and everything. Yeah. Again, there's a natural, progression right and that is the next group that comes in alec and bradley they're coming in creatively they want to they want to bring their idea uh their concept their flavor profile to market it doesn't mean that we're going to abandon what we currently do it just means that we're able to add uh kind of a little more diversity to our to our portfolio um and you know i'm i'm good with that because if if you looked at you know, 20 years ago, 40, 50 years ago, in some of the family businesses that are generational, they've changed their style. The tobacco sure. has changed, right? There's just a natural progression. And really, our job is to listen, right? What is the market telling us that they're looking for? Mm-hmm. 
And so that's how we, that really should be the beginning of, of what my kids are doing. And that is, hey, if the market is telling us we need to be a little heavier, a little sweeter, a little more balanced, whatever, those are the cigars that, that are moving, then it's important to make sure that we're bringing those type of experiences to our, to our consumer base. Well, and that's how you get things like Blind Faith and Gatekeeper and the double broadleaf that we're smoking. Correct. You know, um, are those, are those, those, those changes and everything, but then that's how you still, but to honor traditions of the past, you, you still get something like Kintsugi, which from a marketing perspective is something that's very unique and different and kind of goes off this path that we've been talking about kind of as a theme tonight. But the way that, and the reason I love that cigar so much is it does kind of sing with that kind of signature that you've been known for over the years too, but with a little bit of twist in my mind. Yeah. Plus, yeah. I, I, I think that it, um, I think, you know, that was, uh, again, that was kind of Bradley's lead into Kintsugi and he had a very specific idea of, of how he wanted that cigar to perform. So I had two choices, right? One as a business owner, two as the father, <laughs> I have choices to make. And that is, do I allow him to go off the rails a bit and, and fulfill his vision of what he wants to bring? Or do I keep everything tight and just kind of follow that track? And for me, I believed in the kids enough to say they know what they want to achieve. And I need to kind of get out of the way. I need to lead from behind, not the front. I don't want to block their vision. I want them to have their vision and I want to just make sure that they're on path, meaning that I understand what their vision is. I understand what they want to bring out, who they're trying to talk to. And my job is to continue to kind of make sure they're pushing down that, that lane. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and it's working. I mean, it's working, it's working because I'm not stunting their creativity, but I have enough influence to say, Hey, have you thought about this? And have you thought about that? So, it's kind of a nice, nice working relationship to be able to do that. You know, we've talked a lot about the natural progression of things over time tonight already. Um, and I mean, was, I mean, I'm sure this was always part of your vision and hope that they would eventually come in and take the reins like they have and everything. But was, did that make it any easier? Or was it still hard, at least in the very beginning stages of, of this? No, it definitely has made things easier. Because I, you, there has to be a trust, right? I can't take something that I have put you know, 24 hours a day in uh, for, for 20 plus years and just say, okay, I'm done and take over and let's see what you do. So they have to build trust. And they've been able to do that. That now, even times I say, do you really need my, do you really need my opinion or are you just kind of being kind? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, what is it? Um, and, and so we've sat down, I, you know, recently, like a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about a new project and Bradley said, dad, Hey, do you have a couple of minutes? I need you to come in and take a look at something. And I looked at it and I said, what happens if you kind of do this and this and, you know, make this slight change. They made the change and Bradley goes, wow, I, I love that. And he kind of looked at me. He's like, that's kind of why we keep you around, Dad. You know, one of those things. <laughs> so, you know, I love that. I love the fact that they're that they're building their confidence and and 
they're seeing their successes. I, as a as a dad, you couldn't ask for anything better, and as a business owner, you start to see that's eventually your exit strategy, right? So, yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty cool, and they've done a great job in in building the confidence. You know, I know your late father was a part, very much part of the early parts of the company. He would come in and work every day and everything. Mm-hmm. Is that, I mean, is, is that is that the retirement plan for Alan Rubin? Are you going to still be around every day? Or are you, are, you know, is is once once the boys are, I mean, it sounds like they're already there in your mind in a lot of ways, but I mean, mm-hmm. is are, are you, you going to hang it up, hang up the cleats, so to speak, and right off into the sunset if I'm going to mix just metaphors all over the place today. <laughs> yeah. Look there. I mean, think about it. I come into my office. Um, I have a slew of whiskey all over the place. You know, I have a lot of cigars I, I, here. I know. I noticed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of cigars here. So even if I pretend that I'm working at some level, I get to come here, hang out with the boys, uh, smoke cigars, uh, see everybody who is truly my extended family, you know, We've been together for years, a lot of us. And so, yeah, I'm not going to give that up. I'm not going to stop showing up. Um, maybe I'll show up less, which is kind of the goal, right? You know, the, my goal, and I've always joked about this, but I've always said the same thing, and that is my goal is for them to pay me not to come in. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know nice. what? Yeah, just do what, you know, do what you do. I'm here if you need me type of thing. And we're not there yet. We're not there yet, but um, we're surely further down the track than we were two and three years ago. Does that make the uh, the other next thing I was going to talk about was does that does that you know all the all the hard work that you've put in over the last twenty five plus years, and then what you've built, and then now with them coming in, and what you've built with them, and what they've continued to build for you, does that make? Um, does that make the recent uh, Cigar Hall of Fame induction that much more satisfying? Wow. Um, that's kind of a deep question there, Bear. Uh, I've been known from time to time to ask those. So, <laughs> Yeah, first of all, uh, I had no clue the Hall of Fame piece was coming. And so um, I found out, believe it or not, when there was – there was a package, there was a box sitting on uh, one of the couches we have, you know, just inside when you walk in the front door. It had my name on it, kind of cigar aficionado. I picked it up, I put it in my office, and later that afternoon I opened it up like, oh, what is this? And there was a letter. I had no clue until I opened that box that it was even happening. There was a letter and the magazine and the trophy. And wow. so... You know, there was a moment like I, I honestly, I sat down, I closed my doors, which I don't do very often. And I just started thinking about my career, like man, from where I started, that's not even, that's not even in the realm. That's not even a a thought process. And, uh, and then to know that I've hit that really cool milestone, um, and it's an, it's an illustrious group. I, I, I'm not sure 100% that I deserve to be in there when you look at that group of, of, of manufacturers in the, in the Hall of Fame. But um, knowing that I've set a standard for my kids to come in and do something and, and, try, and try and do something great, try and create great experiences for cigar consumers, 
try and give them that moment of relaxation. Everything that I've preached to them over the years, man, to see them doing it, that definitely makes that piece a little bit, as you said, sweeter. It makes it a little bit sweeter. It does. Wow. I... I, 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 I'm seriously trying to envision this 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 moment for you because like you know you've you've been doing something you know with all your heart and soul for you know a quarter of a century and you know there's this 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 mysterious package on the floor that uh, or on your desk and you open it up and it, it's you know for for lack of a bit the job well done it's the it's the validation there it is it's just it's just there the recognition happened without you know, I mean, there's a lot to be said about pomp and circumstance and all's well deserved and everything, but that, that's a, that's a, I think that's an appropriate moment for, for, for something like that too, because it allows that type of reflection that you talked about in a, in a very beautiful way. Well, I think, uh, I think what was kind of neat about that moment is that I was by myself. Uh, and that, that meant everything actually to me is that I was by myself and I was completely surprised. Right, folks. Just uh, just a couple of minutes here. We've got it looks like a couple of diff technical difficulties. We'll be sure to get Alan back on here in just a minute. But we're here in the middle of our 237 take with uh, cigar aficionado, Hall of Famer Alan Rubin of Alec Bradley Cigars, and we're actually talking about uh, we're actually talking about uh, the moment that he found out that he was uh, he was to be enshrined in the Cigar Aficionado Hall of Fame. So as soon as he gets back on here momentarily, we'll uh, we'll continue this conversation. But uh, it's very touching so far. We've talked about, um, you know, this 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 point of his career, this this apex that he finds himself at, um, where he, um, you know, has uh, has come to a kind of a, a this moment in life, and then also in his career and everything, where, you know, you know, the kids are uh, the kids, Alec and Bradley are taking over a lot more. He's kind of uh, kind of been reserved into a, a more a um, consultative. Um, position and everything, and uh, he's allowing this new direction of this of this company that he spent the last twenty five plus years building, and uh, it's 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 really insightful. So um, as soon as we get Alan back on, I know we'll continue this conversation a little bit. Uh, so bear with us, uh, everyone, as we uh, kind of get these uh, technical difficulties resolved and we get uh, we get Alan back on. So uh, uh, so bear with us here just a second, um, and uh, we really appreciate uh, really appreciate everyone's patience and everything. So. Uh, give us just a couple of moments. So again, thank you for your patience, everyone. We're here for our 237th take. Alan Rubin of Alec Bradley Cigars is joining us tonight. We've got a little bit of technical difficulties. It looks like someone, uh, it looks like uh, uh, the inter the interwebs decided to kick him off momentarily. It's uh, it's a shame too, because we we're in the middle of some really great discussion um, and uh, about uh, about his uh, his recent election into 
uh, selection and enshrinement into the Cigar Aficionado Hall of Fame, a Cigar Aficionado Hall of Fame. Well-deserved honor. And that's uh, that's what I'll tell him when we gets back, because uh, we were kind of just talking about the moment that had happened and how he, uh, you know, it was a very private moment. Actually, he didn't know it was going to happen. He didn't know it was happening. And then, uh, you know, he just uh, one day he you know, he walked into his office and there was a package. He opened it up and there was this letter along with the reward uh, award. And uh, and uh, it was a very fulfilling moment, as he was describing just a moment ago. So, again, continue to bear with us here as we uh, as we get him back online. So, again, thank you for your patience, everybody. Uh, and it uh, looks like the power cut out there. So we'll uh, we'll be waiting just a couple of minutes to get everything booted back on um, and we'll get him back. Um, but this is uh, um, for those people who uh, are curious uh, about Alan and uh, the history of this particular show. Yes, his company's name is behind me. We've been fantastic partners the last couple of years, and it's it's been it's been my honor to to have his, his son's names behind me. Um, uh, it's probably, as I mentioned at the very top of the show, this is uh, my first initial interview with him on this show was still probably one of my so I still consider one of my greatest achievements. Uh, you there? One of my, I am Alan. I am. I am Thank so you. sorry. We had a brownout. The internet just kicked out <laughs> off on me. I apologize. Well, hey, uh, kudos to you guys having fantastic internet. It probably would have taken me an hour to get back on. So that's pretty <laughs> impressive. So. Uh. Yeah, sorry about that. I know you had to improvise, so I apologize. Oh, not not at all. We were, I was just recapping where we were. Um, you know, um, w when we were talking about this very this very beautiful and private moment that you had, um, you know, and and seeing kind of your your life's work in a in a in a nutshell in a contained in a letter contained in one package, you know, and there's a lot of things that obviously honor your time in the industry, and and that's that certainly is a you know a a pivotal moment i'm sure but um i know you have a lot of those those moments and we'll, we're actually going to talk about moments here here later on this show but um you said a moment ago that you felt like you looked at the other people on that list and you felt like maybe you didn't deserve to belong there which is pretty interesting because i bet if i took a poll with everybody else they would say the same thing and there's a lot of humility in this industry which i really love um it's probably why Everyone is so relatable. Um, but I'm I'm curious, do you feel undeserving because you feel like the men, and I'll say men because they were all men, the men listed there alongside your name, have you felt have accomplished so much more in the industry? Or you feel like, did you feel like undeserving in the sense of like, have I really accomplished that much greatness? Yeah, I think it's probably a combination. Um, I look at the people on there. One of the people that got in this year was Gil, uh, Gilberto Oliva Sr. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, came out of Cuba and and uh, was in the tobacco business and ended up, you know, with his family starting this business and, and achieving all this great success. And, you know, you look at Pepin, again, coming from Cuba, right, and, and creating a splash in this industry. And making so many great cigars, uh, you know, Rocky's in there, Lito's in there, uh, Ernesto Perez Carrillo is in there. I mean, those are people that have have worked really hard in building their brands, but also cre just creating great experiences for consumers. And even though we, even though all they've ever done is try to do that, I'm not sure I ever really saw our success. You know, I don't think that was ever evident. 
I'm in this business 25 years. I feel like I'm in the business five years and that there's still so much more to do. Um, you look at the, you know, Eric Newman was in, uh, it was inducted in and, you know, he's, he's got a hundred years, you know, in the business and, and multi-generational. So, you know, I started this business, uh, you know, kind of a, I'll just say it the way it is being a gringo in this business <laughs> and, and starting when most people were leaving what, you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't a great plan. So I never thought this was, you know, I never thought this was part of the equation. Um, but the one thing I can tell you, which is interesting, is that everybody who's who's in it more recently, who was inducted into Hall of Fame more recently, every one of those people, it's not just about the cigar. It wasn't about just the cigars they made. It was about fighting for the industry. Mm-hmm. It was about being part of organizations, being part of uh, being on the board. Um, you know, of, of, of our industry associations. It was all of the pieces. It was giving back. It was employing people. So I think there was a lot more to it than just who's making good cigars right now. I think that it's, it's about the industry in total. Right. So I thousand percent agree. And I, what I, what I will say about that, I think is, the best part of your story and why it's such a deserving honor for you in particular is that you've never been, you've never been bashful about your failures. And at the the same time, you've never gloated about the successes. And I think the combination of the two make for this really, really one, it's this, it's a compelling narrative for, for, for anyone like who wants to like read it or watch it or kind of over time, but it, I think it truly tells the story of, 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 of a hall of famer because no one's born great. And even the great ones aren't great all the time. And those men that, you know, alongside you have had their share of failures. I'm sure they'll, they'll say, but I think that that's one of the most beautiful things about the Alan Rubin and by proxy, obviously the Alec Bradley story is it's, it's much more complex as you talked about it. It's not just the cigars. It's the people that you've helped over the years, the families that you feed that we talked about even before the show started, you know, the family, the extended family, even, even beyond your two sons, it's your wife who supports you. It's, you know, Ralph, who's been a huge part of, he is family. Jonathan, we talked about him too, like, and then countless others, countless others. And I think that's what makes a hall of fame career. That's, that's very kind of you to say, Um, you know, I don't know how to define it. I surely wasn't expecting it. Um, I guess it's, I guess if you look at the progression of my career in the cigar business, it's been a pretty cool progression, okay, in some level. So yeah, everything was always about trying to feed my family. That was everything. You know, sell cigars, put good product in the market, get people to understand our brand. You know, that's an ongoing, that's always an ongoing, uh, um, you know, uh, business goal, right, is to, like, get people to understand our brand. But 
my career has been kind of a neat, kind of just its own neat story. Um, yeah. Again, you know, when I got in the business, I knew what end to cut, what end to light. That was pretty much it. And then learning the tobacco, meeting people, creating relationships. And then, you know, I make a top 25. And then I get number one. My kids join the business. Um, we continue to make, you know, uh, top 25s or top 10s, you know, in, in multiple you know, multiple uh, areas and, and multiple publications. And then I get the, you know, they induct me into the Hall of Fame. I mean, how does that happen? How does that whole thing happen? Yeah, I just wanted to be accepted into the cigar industry. That was my, my goal was like, feed my family, be accepted into the industry, you know, keep my head down and focus and just keep doing what I'm supposed to be doing. That was it. None of the other stuff was in in the in the story that I saw myself in. So, yeah, I mean it's it's been it's been a pretty cool roller coaster ride. Well, knowing the great rec restaurant recommendations that Brad always gives me, where you know whenever we talk, uh, it sounds like goal one was achieved, and it's certainly goal two uh, being accepted in the cigar industry. So I think uh, I think you've I think you've achieved those from. <laughs> just my layman's perspective over here. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can tell you this without question, the best part of this industry are the people, Heard you the, say rela that the relationships mm -hmm. and the relationships are not just manufacturer to manufacturer or tobacco grower or consumer or media. It's everything. Mm -hmm. It's, it's when you walk up and somebody is still, you know, 20, 30 feet away and they're coming to see you and you both have a smile on your face that that is everything because without that it's just a business so it's uh that that, that just uh that triggered a, a really great memory for me um it was after the first it was after our first interview um uh, and everything it was the pca that followed that and i remember running into you with coop uh, just outside the registration booth at the time this, this was the just before covid and uh and I remember, I remember the smile I had on my face when I saw you. And uh, I mean, you certainly didn't have a frown, so I'll, I'll say that you exchanged the smile back. But uh, all joking aside, it, I, 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 I get that. You know, I, this this industry is about the people, because, and that's and that's why I love it. And yeah. that's why I love it just just as much as you do. So, and and it's it, it that's absolutely true. So, um, you know, we mentioned we mentioned Bradley. It, it's a, probably a good time as we go into uh, one of our other fun segments. But before we get into the United Cigar Presidential Trivia segment, do have to mention tonight's charity. We're going to mention this a couple of times. I'm pretty excited about this. Um, got I've got this uh, link going in the chat. It'll be in the show notes as well. Uh, I'm super stoked about this uh, for a number of reasons we'll get into. Uh, but the Boys and Girls Club of Broward County. Uh, is an organization that I've known you've long supported, and uh, it's great to see. There's a GoFundMe that uh, that Abe DeBabna of of Smokin is in on. This is all going uh, kind of coming to a head at this at the Great Smoke. Click on this link, donate to a great cause because something else great is going to happen. Brad's going to shave his mustache if we hit goal, and uh, I, I I for one am I, I for one am going to be donating multiple times over the next few weeks. I'm just going to say that. Uh, 
not just because I believe in the organization too, uh, um, but this is this is ex- this is super exciting for me. I've I've long questioned the mustache. I've I've been on record for that. Everyone, everyone, everyone just calls me a hater. Uh, but I, I just I think he's just a very handsome man with a beard or 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 uh, or clean shaven. But uh, and I, the stash has become iconic for him. So this is a sacrifice. I mean, uh, good on him for 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 uh, for stepping up for charity. This is pretty cool. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think Abe had asked him, hey, would you shave your mustache? And and Brad said, no, I don't think so. And he said, well, if there was a charity component, would you do it? And he said, yeah, if there was a charity component, I would do it. And uh, Abe said, so what's the number? And Brad said, $10,000. If we raise $10,000 for the charity, I'll shave the mustache. So Bradley sends my wife and I a link. And my wife goes, oh, I'm all in. I want to see <laughs> I want to see him clean shaven. <laughs> so, uh, I love it. Best. This so is she, awesome. She puts up, she, she donates $1,000. And then, <laughs> wait, Bear, Bear, it gets worse. Not only does she donate $1,000, she didn't think it went through. So she did, donated another $1,000. Oh, my gosh. That's even better. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. So the next thing I know, it's like, and then she starts sending the link out because she's like, she wants to see that mustache gone. So she starts sending the link out to everybody. It's up to like uh, between five and six thousand dollars already in a couple of days. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, the goal is ten thousand dollars, and uh, you can click on the link where it, it's the we're, we're over halfway there already. We're at five thousand seven hundred eighty dollars. Look, guys, every little bit counts. Please, I, I normally a little bit more modest about like, hey, if you feel so called, look, this is a great organization. Um, we've talked about this organization yeah. before too, Alan. I, I mean, I know you've you've got a strong passion for it, and uh, and your family does as well. Um, but I mean, please, let's let's do this. Let's do this for for the good of mankind and for the kids. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's do I this. Just, listen, Bear Bradley was a sport, right? Like he's like, oh. okay, you know what? If we can raise money for a good cause, I'll do it. And like I said, I, I, I called my wife. I was like, hey, I just checked the thing. T- two grand for his mustache? I said, I just, I'm like, you could have sent him two grand. He probably would have shaved it. So like, <laughs> <laughs> what's that about? She's like, no, it's a good cause, and I want that mustache gone, and I'm putting up two grand. I'm like, okay, perfect. That's awesome. Yeah, it was great. I, uh, um, it, it's funny. I'll say this too, because like, I've gotten asked about the beard before if I would shave it, and my, the answer is resounding no, and like even – and if, uh, he's a better. The point is, your son's a better man than I am because I like it. Would, it would have to be a much larger. My my number is much larger. Um, I remember my my former college roommate asking me, uh, and this was this was a few years ago too. So this is pre-inflation. <laughs> and he's like, "How much to shave it?" And I said, "Shave it." And he's like, "Shave it." And I said, "I said fifty k." And he's like, number. He's like, "You." He's like. But you can't grow it back. I said, "Oh, nope, nope. Price is going up. <laughs> yeah. Price is going up. For if we're not, if we, if I said, how long? He said, to keep it off for a year. What's the number? And I threw out a massive number. I said, no. If I said, I'll, sh- I'll share it for fifty k, and I'm growing it right back. But uh, it's, it's funny you say that because that was part of the conversation I had with Brad. So I didn't see the piece with Abe. So Brad was sitting. I, I came into my office. Bradley comes in. He's like, Dad, I was doing this thing with Abe. And uh, I said I would shave it, you know, for the charity. And he goes, what's – and he said to me, what's the number? I'm like, 10 grand. He goes, it's exactly what I said. 
And so I said, Brad, let me ask you a question. How long is it going to take to grow back? He goes, ah, two, three weeks. There you go. <laughs> so, two, three weeks, he thinks he's back. But the truth is, is for Bradley to step up, it's like, you know, mm -hmm. we believe in that as a family. Like, you know, give back and do what you need to do and, and do the right thing. And so if Bradley can raise $10,000 for a charity of his choice, man, I think it's phenomenal. Oh, uh, yeah, it's unbelievable. Like I said, he's a he's a better man than me. I don't even know if fifty would do it for me. But um, but like the, I, that's that's been one of the things. Like this, the show, this theme that we've done with the charities and everything going over the years, um, has been really phenomenal. And I remember one of the one of the very first guests I had um on were, were the boys uh when we when we launched this and they brought forth both two really great organizations at the you know at the time and, and they've they've always been a really really big about it and we've 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 raised awareness and and and, and a lot of money for you know a lot a lot being you know relative but we've made we've raised some good money for some great causes and and it's you know this is this is one i know you guys are incredibly passionate about so yeah, all joking aside about the stash but this is a fantastic organization you, and I really encourage everyone to, to step up and, and you know, donate a dollar, donate two. It's a great, it's a great cause. I have to tell you, Bear, one of the reasons why we try to support you as much as we can is because you do those things. You find ways to give back uh, with what you do. Uh, you're very genuine about it. And I know it comes from the heart. So it's easy for us to want to be a part of what you do. Thank you very much. Yes, the, the the support you guys have had over the uh, given us. I mean, even before the you know your name, uh, um, the company name became a part of the show and everything officially. You know, you guys have always been incredibly supportive. I can't thank you enough for everything. It's it's been it's been it's been fantastic. And yeah, I, thank you, thank you very much for the kind words. It's it's uh, for us as well. So. Um, we're going to bring up the charity one more time, probably before the end of the show, but let's go ahead and get uh, moving to the uh, United Cigar Presidential Trivia uh, segment, which is always brought to you by United Cigars, featuring La Giana Havana and distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, and the highly acclaimed Out of Bay, Byron, and now Alfonso lines from Selected Tobacco. So smoke one today and start living united. So, Alan, this is a... A fun little segment. I'm a, I'm a little bit of a presidential history nerd, and so I like to have fun with... Um, um, with this particular segment. It is multiple choice, so don't worry. You don't have to go back to your secondary school days and try to remember a presidential trivia and everything. But um, I thought it would be uh, um, a fun exercise to take a look at the uh, presidency and the man, John Quincy Adams. Now, I chose him specifically because he is the son of the second president of the United States, and he's he is one of two father and sons um, combinations that have been presidents of the United States. And of course him and his father were the first and everything, but uh, it's, uh, um, I know we've, we've spent a lot of time tonight talking about how proud you are of your sons and what they've accomplished and the path that they've chosen and everything. But uh, so I thought we'd have a little bit of fun with uh, John Quincy Adams tonight. So, um, so tonight's question is multiple choices I mentioned before and what recreational activity was John Quincy Adams a fan of other than his well-documented love for skinny dipping and swimming? So your choices are A, telling jokes, B, dancing, 
or C, thoroughbred racing? I'm going to say C, thoroughbred racing. Don't have anything on record for thoroughbred racing, but he was a <laughs> huge fan of dancing, believe it or not. Dancing was one of his uh, was one of his uh, things that he really, really enjoyed. Um, one of the things that he absolutely saw no um, had actually no positive things to say about, uh, which was not one of the choices, was kissing. Actually, he thought kissing was actually one of the most crude things that you could do. Interesting enough, I thought that was an interesting little tidbit about John Quincy. But dancing. Um, but it's funny because actually there's there's a story about how poor his dad was at dancing. There's actually a couple of well-documented stories about his father being a pretty poor dancer. Um, but he actually really loved it. He he uh, um, he actually studied dance in Europe as a boy, and he liked it so much that he, he called dancing one of the most innocent and rational amusements. That's a quote. One of the most innocent and rational amusements that was ever invented. And he attended dance classes throughout his entire life from – you know, young boyhood all the way till his 80th birthday was actually even a, was actually even a dance lesson apparently. So he loved dancing. So it's kind of cool history right there. Yeah. But what's interesting also is that I actually thought in my mind, horse racing before that was one of the, before that was one of the choices. Oh, okay. So that's why as soon as you said it, I was very quick on the trigger because I actually thought it was horse racing. So. Are you, are you, uh, do you, do you agree with that? Is, is, uh, is dancing one of those innocent rational amusements that has ever been invented? Are you a fan of dance, Alan? Uh, actually, I am. Actually, I am. I, um, I like it. I like music. So that just kind of goes naturally, I think, with it. But I'm a big fan of all music. And um, so actually, it's, it's interesting because when you talk about genre, I'm all over the board. And really, it's only because whatever touches me, I mm. listen to. So I don't really care the genre as long if it if it makes me feel good and it, it brings me energy, then I'm all about it. So, yeah, my wife and I, uh, my wife and I love to dance. We've had this conversation about music, so I, I knew that you had a love for music and everything. I didn't know the dance section. This is really just this was a totally off the cuff question. So it's it's funny. I didn't even connect the dots between your love of music and dance and everything. Uh, I know you said it's whatever touches you and everything. But is there a particular dance that you've kind of you and your wife have gravitated towards over the years or? Not, not, not really. I just think what happens is, is, you know, you, you get music that touches you, that moves you. And, um, you know, it's funny. We were at a wedding, uh, uh, two, a week and a half ago and, or two weeks ago. And, um, you know, we were, I was like, okay, listen, it's, it's a, it's a wedding and I'm like, I'm ready to get out of here. She's like, oh no, no, we're going to stay. We're going to continue to dance. And so it's really <laughs> nothing in particular. It's just like, if you feel it, you do it. So. Mm -hmm. That was it. You know, it's kind of no, 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 no particular dance that uh, that kind of moves me. I think it's just moving to the music for me. Um, something that a lot of people may not know about me. I love dancing. I think dancing's. Uh, I think dancing is one of the most fun things I've ever done in my life. It's not how my wife and I met, but it was a pastime that my wife and I shared uh, for quite quite a bit, actually, during our early courting days. I could coin it, use a term from John Quincy's days, um, but uh, I, I I love it. I loved, um, I was a frequent. Uh, I say frequent. I never. I actually never missed a week. So every Thursday uh, at TCU here in Fort Worth, Texas, uh, there's a local honky talk that's world renowned. It's Billy Bob's Texas, 
and uh, every Thursday was college night, and uh, and uh, I would go every Thursday, and I, I never I never missed I never missed a Thursday as long as I was in town. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, That's it was great. a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a, a good. Re- <laughs> Excuse me, it's a good release. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, and I, I I love it. I um I I dearly wish that we uh, you know we could do it some more. And, uh, as the kids get older, hopefully we can, we can kind of go back to that. Cause I, I do, I do miss it. And I know she does too. She, we really enjoyed it together. So oh, that's cool. I like yeah. that. Well, that was our presidential trivia segment, which of course is always brought to you by United cigars, smoke one today and start living United featuring La Giana Havana distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo and the highly acclaimed Atabay Byron and now Alfonso lines from selected tobacco. Smoke one today and start living united. Um, speaking of pride and family, um, and um, I mean, there was another, I, you know, we've, we've mentioned a couple of professional accolades, but uh, I think there's, there's one thing of note that ha- happened in the last year that uh, probably surpasses all of them. You became a, you became a grandfather. Yeah, that's uh yeah, that's kind of the coolest piece so far in my life. <laughs> yeah. I was actually texting with my daughter-in-law um, this morning. I was looking through some family albums and uh, my grandson is six months old and I was looking through some family albums and there were some pictures of Alec at six months old. So I took the pictures and I sent it to her and I was like, hey, don't say anything. But Nico, my grandson's name is Nico. I'm like, Nico is cuter than Alec was at six, <laughs> six months old. Now, where, where, I, where I thought this was going, I thought they were dead ringers for each other. That's funny. Oh, no, it's funny weird. because it's actually very funny because I actually, you know, it's kind of that thing of who does, who does the baby look like? Sure. And I sent the pictures and I'm like, uh, I said to my daughter, I'm like, oh, there's no doubt he's you. <laughs> so, not, not very popular in my home, but yeah, all cool. You know, a lot of people talk about how good looking my kids are. And I was like, yeah, thank God they look like their mother. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah. I get it. I, it's funny. We were at lunch today and we were talking about some of their physical attributes and how they, they relate to them. And I was like, yeah, Jeremiah, my oldest has the, has the best of me. He's got my eyelashes. That's, that's, that's about it. So it's one of my that's best very features. Funny. <laughs> yeah. I think my grandson has, uh, has my feet and my hands and Alec has my feet in my hands. So yeah, all the bad, all the bad stuff they got from me, and all the good stuff they got from his mother's side. That's awesome. What a what a beautiful, beautiful moment for the. I know that happened just after the trade show too. I know that. Uh, in fact, I think you might have. I think you might have left early actually because of the the good news. So that's that's, did. that's wonderful. That's yeah, wonderful. it was it was great. Yeah, he's an amazing little boy. Very excited. It's, it's so, it's so awesome to see, uh, you know, like they say, you know, when parents like, oh, parenthood looks good on you, motherhood looks good on you, fatherhood looks good on you. And like, you know, I, I think one of the coolest things to look at, you know, and and this has been my experience since having children and everything and my friends having children and, and stuff is, is seeing the grandparents, grand, grandparenthood looks great on folks. And, and, and you certainly are the same loved, uh, when, uh, when uh, Nick uh, and Janine Perdomo welcomed their first grandchild, it, it, I mean, grand, grandfatherhood looks fantastic on him. It's That's just awesome. Great. It's just yeah. great seeing that, you know. Yeah, there's no, there's no doubt. You know, it, I, I think for me, it's difficult to understand until it happens. It's like, then you look at that child and you're like, what? Like, wh- what is this? This is a whole new 
bundle of joy and love that you, you, you kind of, it's hard to kind of wrap your head around because mm-hmm. it's the entire focus is on that child. Um, I'm, I'm not working. <laughs> I'm not working for my kids anymore. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, you, <laughs> right. You get to the point that you're like, yeah, you know, their their job is to work for their kids, but I get to just enjoy that bundle of uh, that bundle of joy. So, yeah, I. Oh man, I. It's funny that you say that because, like, that's 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 the feeling that I had becoming a father for the first time. Cause I had no idea what that was going to feel like. And then the moment that they're born, it changes. Like they, they, it's, it's the darndest thing. Cause like they all, you know, it's what they always say. And everyone has these like loads of advice and all these, these pieties that they spot, they spout about parenthood and everything. But it's it, it, the most annoying thing is about it is that it's all true. Cause like the moment they're born, your world changes. hundred like, percent. And it's, it's an unbelievable transformation that happens at that very moment in that room. And in, you can, you can identify it. Like it's, it's this, it's this feeling uh, like none other. And I know you've experienced it firsthand and now I've experienced that at an entirely different level being a grandfather. So congratulations. Um, Thank that's, you. Uh, that's fantastic. And congratulations Thank to you. Alec uh, and his, uh, his bride. What a, what a wonderful, wonderful, beautiful thing that is. So yeah, exciting time. Um, but to, to get back to, uh, to get back to Alec Bradley for a couple minutes, we're, we've, we've, we kicked off the show when we were picking uh spirits, by the way, great choice on the pairing. The tequila is paired well, incredibly well with the cigar. Um, the, uh, the experimental series that you've, that you all have launched, um, you know, ha- is, was headlined very much by the project 40 and what a successful cigar that was followed up by the Maduro. Um, which I have some thoughts on here in a second, but the, the, the double broadleaf that we're smoking is a part of that series as well. Um, I asked when, cause I didn't know what you were smoking pre-show and everything. I said, Hey, is that a, is that another, is that a test blend or something? And you told me you're smoking a coil, but, um, you said that you had been smoking some test blends recently that, you know, kind of, you were really excited about. And I, I know this moment's happened frequently over your career, but, what can you describe that feeling when you're working on test blends and everything and 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 you're you're kind of finding your way with it and then you 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 finally grab that one sample you light it and you're like this is it that aha moment yeah so so you know a lot of times when we're blending we have we have a concept in mind right like hey this is what we want to achieve and and we're looking for a concept to bring to market and sometimes it doesn't work that way. Sometimes you're just smoking blends that you're putting together and you hit on something. You're like, I'm not sure exactly what this is going to be yet, but it's going to be something. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you kind of get both of those, right? You can say like an example I always give is when I smoked the black market blend, we weren't there blending for black market. I, I remember just, this story. Yeah. Yeah. Just blending with Panamanian leaf for like a couple of years. And all of a sudden I, I smoked it. I'm like, oh, this is black market. You know, and again, Ralph was like, no, we're not here for black market. I'm like, hey, I didn't pick it. It told me <laughs> that this is black market. And so there's a blend that there was a couple of blends that we've been working on. Um, one I absolutely loved. And I know what that project was. We blended for the project. I know what I was trying to achieve and, and, and actually uh tomorrow i'll get samples in tomorrow the other one we were just blending and 
And then I, what happened was I had asked Alec, I'm like, hey, that blend, do you have any more of that, you know, like that we had? And uh, he's like, yeah, I have a couple. And, and I smoked it again. I'm like, I'm not sure what this is going to be yet, but it deserves to be something. It was, it was that good. And so we have an idea now. We didn't back then, but we have an idea now of what that blend is going to be. So, yeah, some, you know, it works, it works different ways. Again, sometimes the cigar, most of the time, the cigar just tells you, Hey, look, I'm, I'm ready to go. This is the blend and let's go do something. So, you know, sometimes you blend for the project and sometimes you, you get the cigar and then the project comes to you. So as I said, the project finds you. Yeah. Is that, is this, do you think this will be a 2023 release or probably something a little further down the pike? If, if everything goes as planned, both blends will be in 2023. Awesome. Yeah. Um, this has been, this, I think this has been incredibly well received, the double broadleaf. Um, I've, I mean, Bradley and Jonathan handed me one at PCA this past year and I, I lit it up and I was, and mind you, this is Vegas, right? You, I never judge a cigar in Vegas. I learned, I learned that the hard way a couple of times. Um, but, you know, where cigars are just like, they don't, tastes like anything and then like you get it like when it's released it's like wow wow thank god i didn't judge it on that because it's incredible (laughs) but this was a cigar and there were actually a few this year which i was really pleased about but this was one of them definitely that i smoked and it immediately just it just hit all the right years and just hit the palate incredibly well there's a beautiful like rusticness that we talked about that kind of carries over from even from the design and i don't know if that's kind of the mind playing tricks on you but but under underneath that rusticness, there's this wonderful creaminess that kind of sings with that. This the spice perfectly balanced. It's a it's a tremendous cigar. And like I said, this is my first time smoking the Grand Corona. I'm thoroughly enjoying this. I've been smoking Robustas as I mentioned earlier, and uh, it's uh, it really comes together in this blend. I in this Vitola, I, I I can see why it's a favorite of, of yours and so many other people that I've talked to. Yeah. So uh, many years ago, we had a. Um... We had a double broadleaf cigar many, many years ago out of the Dominican Republic. And what happened was we were really trying to understand that broadleaf has its own characteristics and its own flavor. And how do we get enough of it, right? Because in blending, right, you, you, you create balances by utilizing different tobaccos and, and different parts of the plant to create, you know, certain strengths and sweetnesses, whatever. But we were really trying hard to figure out how do we get this broadleaf flavor into the cigar? Like, how do we, how do we not only expose it, but how do we accentuate that flavor? Um, wait, Bear, you got to do me a favor. <laughs> I'm in my office and it's late and my alarm sure. in my car is going off. Can you give me? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right, I'll, I'll, I'll give be, my thoughts on the, uh, some more thoughts on the double broadly while you take care of that. So I'll be right uh, back. The, this, uh, this cigar is in, incredibly, uh, if for anyone out there who hasn't tried it, I really encourage you guys to try this blend. This is incredibly unique. So this isn't broadly for broadly safe in the traditional sense. Like Connecticut Broadleaf is incredibly popular right now. And this is not a genuine American Connecticut Broadleaf. This is a Broadleaf varietal that's uh, that's actually, uh, I don't know if it's proprietary. I'll get confirmation on that in a second when Alan returns. But it's actually from Honduras and it's double Broadleaf. So we're talking about the wrapper and the binder. Um, in addition to um, some filler tobaccos that just um, have made this blend incredible incredibly enjoyable like i said i've uh, been smoking a lot of the robusto sizes so i highly recommend that this is my first grand corona i can see why this is a favorite of so many 
Uh, it really comes together in this Vitola very well as well. And I've, I'm really enjoying it. Alan is smoking the Toro, which we'll get his thoughts in just a few minutes here as he comes back. But the, uh, um, I think what's really exciting is that this is this is part of what they call the experimental series, which was headlined by the Project 40 and the Project 40 Maduro. And uh, and this is the next kind of evolution within the experimental series. And it's 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 a very, very interesting, unique blend uh, that I've really enjoyed. So um, Sorry about that. no, absolutely. So I was talking about how the, the it's when we say broadleaf, it's it's not broadleaf in the traditional sense. Connecticut broadleaf is incredibly popular, but this is an American Connecticut broadleaf. It's it's a and I, I wasn't sure on this. I was going to get confirmation from you on is is the tobacco proprietary? To yes, you guys? it is. Okay, okay. So so proprietary broadleaf from from Honduras. That's both the the uh, both the wrapper and the binder, um, mm -hmm. and uh, it's um, a just really 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 well executed blend. Um, it's part of the experimental series. I said, we we're going to come back to, cause we were talking about the, the aha moment when you said the blend sometimes finds you and everything, you know, back in the day, I'm sure this was, this was incredibly popular. And you, you remember these days, cause you've been doing this for over two decades, as we've talked about a lot of times people would, they would have a natural and they would have a Maduro and it was the same blend and they would have two different wrappers. And that's essentially what the project 40 became, but that necessarily wasn't always the goal. I bet that was incredibly satisfying. You know, we, we've talked a lot about satisfying moments. I bet that was incredibly satisfying that having binder and filler tobaccos that perform so well together and then delivered such a phenomenal experience with these two different expressions with different wrappers on them. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if you tried to figure out percentage-wise how many times that works, it'd probably be a fairly low percentage. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So it, it, in some level, it was just a confirmation, right, that the guts, you know, the, 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 the inner workings of the blend worked well. And some, you know, we've done it a few times uh, where we have taken the same, you know, uh, either binder, you know, uh, binder and internals or uh, just the internals themselves and figured out, hey, how many ways can we utilize these tobaccos that work well together, you know, and, and again, every now and then you hit on something that you're like, man, these tobaccos just work well, what can we do with it? And so, yeah, project 40, there was no thought of a, a Maduro when we first started the, the, the you know, the brand or, or the, the, the line, but mm -hmm. Yeah, all of a sudden the Maduro was available in a Mexican Maduro for that line, and and all of a sudden we're like, wait a minute, it's still creamy, flavorful, gives a whole different kind of profile, but uh, just enjoyable, and, and that we we believe the you know the cigar market would would gravitate to it, and uh, and and it and it did, it has. I tell you, it's it's really cool uh, seeing you know like when you find humidors kind of in the wild that aren't like your typical brick and mortar retailers and stuff. And you see like random humidors, like in country club shops or in grocery stores, those are coming, becoming few and far between. I mentioned, we talked about grocery stores being 45 minutes away. Mine's 10 minutes, but there's a grocery store down the road and I walk by this humidor every day and it's, uh, well, not every day, but every, you know, every few days when I'm, when I'm in there and, uh, and it's really cool. Like they have the, 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 they have a lot of the staples that you would imagine the big, the brands that, you know, that are been around for a long time, but uh, in the middle, 
top shelf, not buried, not bottom shelf, nothing is a box of project forties. And it's just really cool. I see it every time. I'm like, that's, that's just awesome. And, uh, so <laughs> I have to tell you, I go to, um, I go to, I, I like to vacation out in Colorado and there's a local, two local liquor stores, you know, not far from where I am. So I'm kind of in there and I get to know the managers and uh, they both have cigars. And one day I was looking in these small humidors and, uh, and found project 40 in both and American classic in both. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's kind of like a proud moment, you know, it's almost like being like a proud papa, you know, something that you've kind of birthed in your, in your business, uh, in your business life. And, and, you know, these little remote areas uh, are carrying your product. So it's kind of a, kind of a cool feeling. It's, you know, I've asked this of so many manufacturers, and you kind of brought it up. So I'll, I'll ask you as well, too. Like, you know, that the, the first moment, like, the, and this might have been back in the bogey stogies days, or maybe it was when Alec Bradley formed or not. But like the first time you walked into a, that you walked into a shelf, a, 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 excuse me, you walked into a humidor and saw your cigars on the shelf. I know it was a long time ago, but I mean, and I'm sure that feeling never gets old, but there's something probably about the first time that was pretty special for you. Uh, yeah. Um, I think, and I remember, by the way, I remember going into the store the very first times I had traveled. Uh, I went to actually Georgia, my very first trip that I ever traveled, like I went from Florida to Georgia to, you know, to go on a sales trip and sell in person for the first time. And, um, and to see some of my product on the shelf. And, and, uh, I think we had maybe two or three brands that were on the shelf. And I introduced myself and I'm like, hey, can I go in humidor? I hadn't seen it yet. Can I go in humidor? I didn't even know they carried it, to be honest with you. You know, we had we had some we had some uh, some independent sales brokers and and I walked in and all of a sudden we had like this little place on the shelf and I was like, wait a minute. Someone without me having to go sell it, somebody was carrying my product. That's awesome. And that was pretty neat. I, I tell you a funny story. We had we had just come out with Spirit of Cuba, which is a uh, which is a mixed filler cigar, and um, I still wanted to sell the guy something. So I said to him, "Hey, I want to sell you this cigar." And I think at that time, I think a box of twenty, you know, twenty five or whatever was thirty five dollars at retail or something. You know, it was pretty expensive. And I said to him, um, I, "I'd love to sell you this cigar," and he said, "I have absolutely no room for it." in the humidor it's like the first, the first sales rejection <laughs> and uh and i said oh this doesn't need to go in your humidor he goes well what do you mean i said you're going to put this on the on the counter and you're going to say 35 dollars while they last and see and and they're going to sell out he goes well, i don't have room i said i'll send you a table and he said fine i'll take them send me 10 boxes and I sent him 10 boxes and I worked that entire week and I got back and he calls and he's like, I need you to send me 10 boxes. And he said, I said, you didn't receive them. He goes, no, I received them. They sold out in two days. <laughs> I said, did you handwrite the sign? He goes, yeah, I did. So, <laughs> um, I, you know, you know, you talked about the moment of going into humidor and seeing it without having to sell the product. I mean, that's a, that's an interesting parallel from what we were talking about earlier when you opened, you were in your office and you opened up the envelope with the Hall of Fame, you know, award and everything. Those two probably correlating moments. Interesting trapping them in time. 
You know? Wow. I, I never put that together. I mean, this is the first time I'm ever thinking about how far back it was when I went to Georgia and, and you know, X amount of years later that I get this, this award. Um, but I remember opening it and then I called uh, Alec and Bradley into my office and I said, hey, I, he said, I don't even know what to say, but I just want to show you this. And, uh, you know, obviously they were very happy, very proud of, of uh, you know, what I've been able to accomplish. So uh, to be able to share it with my kids was uh, was amazing. And I called my wife and said, hey, I want to tell you what, you know, what just happened. I said, I, I had no clue. There was just a box and I opened it up and this is here. Um, and then I actually spoke to um, I spoke to Marvin Schenken. Mm -hmm. uh, he had called to congratulate me. And uh, he said, when, he said, when did you find out? I said, when I opened the box. <laughs> <laughs> so it was kind of, that was also kind of a cool moment. It was kind of a cool moment for me too. Cause I found out, I found out from a Rafael Nadal post cause he was congratulating somebody else. Uh, <laughs> and, and he had the whole press right. I was like, Oh, so I texted the, I texted the boys and I emailed John, Jonathan, and I said, hey, just pass along my congratulations to Alan. I'm so excited. This is well-deserved. This is great. He's like, thanks. How did you find out about it? <laughs> and I think he knew. It wasn't like one of those moments like where I, I caught him off guard. But it was, I think, the fact that I found out. I was like, well, it was a Raphael Nobel post. And I sent the link. And, <laughs> That's fine. And, uh, um, but uh, it's, yeah. I mean, gosh, those those two moments trapped in time, I mean, are pretty pretty awesome. So, um Bear, Bear, that was pretty cool, to be honest with you, to go back and remember my very first trip on the road and X amount of years later and put those kind of in the same sentence. Uh, that was yeah. pretty interesting for me. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. The, um, is, that, is that retailer still around? Is that, do you happen to know? Or? Um, the retailer himself, he's not. I'm not sure if the stores are still there. It was uh, Georgia Cigar. Bill Clower. Bill, yeah, Bill Clower. Oh wow! I have to yeah. check and see if it's still around. Yeah. Oh man, that's that would be that'd be that'd be really cool. It'd be interesting to go back and see if it's Alec Bradley's it's still in the human or if it's owned by someone else and mm -hmm. really really go down memory lane and everything. I, uh, I think that we'll we'll fast forward a little bit. I usually save this segment a little bit later and everything. But we talked about these moments. We I said this moment would come up again, but. We're going to relate it to actually a cigar smoking moment. So okay. it's our, our segment is brought to you by Asylum Cigars. <laughs> Refuge is more than just a physical place. It can be a state of mind. Some of life's greatest reflections can be found in our own personal asylums. Moments like these were made for Asylum Cigars. So light up an asylum and choose your refuge. Now, this segment in, uh, specifically on has to do with the moment where it's just about the cigar. And it could be you know, music, which I know you really enjoy. And I remember the uh, hearing the story, two different perspectives. I remember you telling me, and I remember Brad telling me you guys shared a bottle of scotch on your last night. Uh, I believe it was the Dominican. Um, and that one was pretty cool too, but, and I'm sure you've had loads of these moments over the years, but can you can recall a moment where it was just you and the cigar? What was that moment in particular about? And if you can remember the cigar you were smoking, what were, what were you smoking? 100% I can remember the cigar I was smoking. And 100% I can tell you exactly what was going through my mind. Okay? Okay. The day that we, it was announced that we got number one. Um, I was still at home. 
with my wife and I've told this story before I was at home with my wife and, and, uh, and they refreshed uh, the kids, refreshed the, um, the laptop and, and our cigar was there. And, and then I went to it, like I said, I went to a liquor store at, at, at 10 AM. I didn't even know liquor stores were open at 10 AM. <laughs> and, uh, and I got two bottles of champagne and I went into the office and, and, uh, everyone was going to, you know, going crazy. So that was kind of how the day had set up. And then the day was over and everyone left and I was still there. And I, uh, I took a Prince Otto Churchill and it was just absolute silence. And I lit it up and I propped my feet up on the desk. And I, I thought like, how did I, you know, how did I get here? Like, how did, how is this moment happening? And what does it all mean? What is the, what is the next year going to bring? So it was, a, you know, it was, <laughs> it's one of those moments where you kind of look at the cigar itself and kind of like, you know, what did you do? <laughs> kind of thing. Like what, what is, what happened? And, uh, you know, it was unexpected. I didn't know what, I don't know how that was going to change us as a company. There was a million questions, but by the end of the Churchill, there was nothing but peace and relaxation. It was just like, I let all the thoughts kind of happen. And when I was done thinking, I still had a half a cigar left. And I just relaxed. I drove home slowly and I got home and uh, I said to my wife, I'm not sure what this all means, but this is going to be a kind of a cool ride. And that was it. That's awesome. What does it all mean? <laughs> wow. Yeah, I'm not sure that it would have been prudent for me to get caught up in the accolade itself. Just what that, you know, what that generated for me, like what, what, what wheels started to turn? What did it mean? Um, what was tomorrow going to bring? Right. Cause normally in a normal day, you know, the next day leads to the next day leads to the next day. You just kind of do what you do. But this was a this was a game changer. It was a life changer. It was everything. I just didn't know what it all meant. So that's kind of the, I think the process that I went through. But like I said, half a cigar left, and it was just me and that cigar and the smoke in the air, and complete silence, and nowhere to go. It was just, just about that time, and uh, that was a. That was a great moment for me. That's awesome. You know, there's there's um, a story that I like to tell about uh, my first PCA trade show, and uh, and it was, I think it was in Hochi Blanco's booth. But it was Hochi Blanco, Hanky Kellner, and Manola Casada. No one was around him. It was just those three guys, and it was like, and it, and it, I can remember it very vividly there was a crowd around but no one was within like 15 or 20 feet so they weren't speaking loudly so no one probably could tell maybe they were catching bits and pieces of the conversation it's all in spanish so it was greek to me but um for the most part but um 
I was like, man, to be a fly in the wall for that conversation. And that's what I really like about this segment too. It's like, these are fly in the wall moments. Like what, what it would have been like to just kind of share that moment with you. But I think that's what makes it special. makes these moments special is that no one is there to share it with you. It's just about that moment. Yeah. I mean, I, I've had some moments, um, you know, where I've been in a crowd, but I felt like I was by myself. You know, that's, that's happened to me. Like, you know, within the scheme of things, I would kind of was able to move myself out the outside of the realm of everybody around me. And that's happened to me before, but that moment, it was just me and the cigar was, was that day that I lit up the Churchill, like, you know, ha- had this happen. I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was a good, just a, a cool moment in time for me. I may encourage, uh, encourage our viewers to have, have that moment with uh, themselves too, you know, I think I think that's what's the, the the majesty about moments like this, and what again why I like this segment so much is that you know why cigars are very community driven. It's usually how I introduce this segment. It's like we we talked about the people, and we talked about why that's important, and how it makes what we do so important, and and makes what we do so special. Um, but every so often we have these moments, and they're and they're just, you know, they're they're terrific, and they're little you know, their little microcosm in our life. It's, it's, it's really cool moments of reflection. So it's good stuff. Yeah, You know, Bear, I remember one night I was sitting behind my house. Um, I have a TV out in the back and, but the TV was off and I was sitting there with a cigar. I couldn't even tell you what cigar it was, but I was sitting there with a cigar and I was just kind of reflecting on kind of where I was in my life at that moment. And (laughs) I know this is going to sound ridiculous, but, uh, I thought to myself, you know, if even if you're alone, but you're with you have your cigar, you're never really alone. You kind of have a friend with you mm-hmm. to share that moment of whatever you're thinking. Because you're not doing nothing. You're there doing something for yourself. And so it's almost like you have that cigar. It's almost like your friend is right next to you. And I thought it was I remember it. And uh yeah, it was like, yeah, you know, you could be you could be by yourself, but if you have a cigar, you're never really alone. And so it was just like a moment for me. So, you know, it's been again, one was coming off number one cigar of the year and one was like a Tuesday. <laughs> you know. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? It was like it didn't matter. No, and that's that's what's really great about this. Is that it, yeah, that I mean that's a very iconic moment and a you know I mean it's it's one of those bookmarks, right? But that's again the, to you 100 your point is that it, it's not always about like oh i've been saving this cigar for five years and it's you know it was this or that or that other this that special sometimes it's just a tuesday yeah and it's, that's all that's all that matters yep. it's really great yeah exactly you know we talked about these reflections too of time and everything and you know you going into that humidor for the first time and everything but one of the cool projects that you guys launched in addition to the double broadleaf at this year's trade show was the 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 new mix classic sampler that was a PCA trade show exclusive that y'all did, which I thought was really cool. Um, Select Cabinet Reserve, the Sanctum, the Vice Press, and the Max Connecticut um, all making their way back to the market for limited time at least for in these in these sampler packs. Um, 
I mean, these are all cigars that have been removed from the market um, for one reason or another, but kind of seeing that history kind of back a little bit, I, I have to imagine was, was a pretty cool moment as well. Yeah. And I have to tell you that that project had nothing to do with me. It, it was, uh, so what happened was we were doing inventory down at the factory on, you know, on, on the paper, you know, what do we have in terms of bands and filetes and, and, you know, inside labels and all those things. And we had all these, we had all these, you know, old pieces that were still left at the factory, just sitting in boxes and Jonathan and Lipson was like, Hey, why don't we bring those back? I mean, we have all the blend books. Why don't we just recreate the blends and we'll take the, the smallest amount of bands that we have, like, you know, we could have 5,000 of one and 4,000 of another and 3,000, and we'll make 3,000 of these samplers, and we're going to call it New Mex Classic, and we're going to just recreate the blends and bring them back one time to the market. So mm-hmm. it, it, was, it, it, it wasn't anything like, oh, let's just do this. It was like, oh, we have bands. Can we do something with them? And Lipson was like, let's recreate the blends. I was like, man, that's a cool idea. Yeah. So it, it was, Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was more of a business decision until it happened. And then we're like, okay, that's kind of cool. So. Yeah. Two funny stories about that particular moment. When Brad's showing me the new mix classics at PCA, he's like, Hey, he's like, what do you think? I was like, it's missing Mundial. (laughs) (laughs) That's very funny. He's like, he's like, couldn't let me have it. I was like, no, I'm sorry. I I apologize. That was, that was, that was mouth just mouthing off. I apologize. (laughs) I was like, it's beautiful. It really is. But he told this story too, which it was and it, it it's also funny for me because I you know I age cigars like crazy and I have I have I've collected cigars over the years that I just I can't seem to like ever that I don't ever want to smoke sometimes and they've been sitting forever and and he did he did he did kind of pull the curtain back a little bit and share something with me that I'll probably won't enjoy it but like he said they, he's like these are these are new blends right they're not aged cigars and that's why he was talking about it and mm-hmm. he's like yeah uh, I said hey have you had any of these aged just by chance he's like yeah I had a select cabinet reserve he's like yeah that wasn't it, it did not age well it was like, you know over a decade old and I was like well that's one I'm not excited about now okay that's cool because <laughs> so I, ha- I definitely have a couple left um so it's like, well, I guess, I guess those will just sit. So we'll just, <laughs> that's very funny. We'll, we'll just enjoy history for what yeah. they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep looking at them. But I, I thought uh, my, all joking aside with my, um, my Mundial comment, I thought these were these were really interesting choices too. Uh, the Sanctum is probably the youngest out of all. Is is the youngest out of all of them? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I remember that Vice Press was, oh, man, that was such a great cigar. And I, Coop was a big fan of the Max Connecticut, too. So I know he got really excited when he saw that that, for at least a time, limited time being, was going to come back and he could enjoy those as well. So. Listen, so, sometimes things just don't work in the marketplace. It doesn't mean the blend's not good. Right. It just means the concept potentially didn't work for one reason or another. And so, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, first of all, you Take this for what it is. You kind of have to be man enough to say, okay, look, it's not working. Let's do, you know, yeah. let's kind of go, go in another direction. But when we did the inventory, we had all these bands and Lipson's like, hey, <laughs> let's, you know, like I said, he's very analytical. Let's, uh, let's figure out what to do with these. Let's remake the blends. I was like, uh, yeah, it's kind of, kind of cool. I mean, the tobacco's changed, you know, a bit year over year, whatever it may be, but to kind of just put it all together and bring it back out. Yeah. Why not? So, and, and, and people enjoyed it. That's really all that matters. Absolutely. Um, and just, it's really, 
it's it's it was really cool to be able to see that though like all like i said all kidding aside it was really cool to see those 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 cigars on the shelf again one more time yeah you know that was cool yeah, yeah. for me too um, um but that wasn't the uh the only sampler that came out you guys did another project too which was uh was pretty exciting to um oh, the re there was the reclaimed project yeah. That, um yeah this was really cool is the the press was the probably I mean, the scar is great aside, but the, the press itself was a really cool piece too. I I, I imagine uh, I imagine Brad had a had a pretty big hand in that, knowing the creative guy that he is. But I'm, I'm sure Alec had a, had a piece of that too. What uh, uh, was this one of the ones that they ran by you as well, or or did they kind of do this completely on their own? And, <laughs> yeah, and hijacked the company. Is that what you're asking? Your words, <laughs> not mine. <laughs> no, uh, it happened to be that we had talked about doing something like this might've been a year, even two years ago, you know, two years prior to it coming out. And um, so we kind of went on this mission to get all the old, uh, all the old, um, you know, presses, uh, all the old molds. And um, it's like, Hey, we have to have enough molds to be able to bring it to market. Like, you know, you can't just do 150 molds and call it a project. So we had kind of built, and actually it's funny because Ralph did it kind of without me knowing. We had talked about this project and Ralph was like buying up all these molds and all these different things that, you know, like really had, you know, thousands upon thousands of cigars through them. And it was kind of really cool. And then, yeah, Bradley, Alec, uh, you know, our marketing department, they, they kind of just put the whole thing together. Like, and they came to me and I was like, I love this idea. I think that people will... People will gravitate to it because one, they love the cigars. Two, they'll be able to kind of keep these, you know, these real deal molds. You know, they'll, they'll have them as keepsakes. Um, and man, it—if I tell you, I had no clue what was going to happen, but it, it, there was like a frenzy of trying to get these molds, and people were talking about which shape they got, what number they got. It was the whole thing was was a really cool piece. Cool. So, yeah. I really, I really liked uh, what you guys did there too. It's pretty, pretty awesome. Okay, well, just a couple of more questions and segments here, Ellen, and then we'll let you, uh, we'll let you, uh, we'll let you go again. This, I, I can't thank you enough for the time that you've given me tonight. Of course, it's been a pleasure, uh, Bear. Uh, so this is something new that I've kind of been introducing here and there and everything. It doesn't have a, um, any reason, but I, I think it's kind of fun and it generates an interesting conversation. So this is going to go all over the map. Uh, from cigar related to outside cigars, and I call this segment simply this or that. So I'll give you two choices, and you pick one. Okay. So, uh, so I mean, let's start something easier. Uh, just keep it cigar related. So, cutter or non-cutter? Non-cutter. Is it the thumbnail, the the classic uh, manufacturer thumbnail, or what do you what do you use? Uh, here. Normally, I uh, I'll go like this, and I come in here with my finger, and you know, I'll come around, and then I'll. I peel it off and it's literally an exact perfect cut, which is here. I'll show you. So <laughs> I did it here. No okay. Cutter. Yeah. Because what happens is I can do that without looking. Right. If I have a cutter, I have to look to see what I'm doing. No cutter. I can kind of get right. it done when I'm, I'm not looking. Yeah. I was down in the, I was, someone showed me. So I'm familiar with the thumbnail concept. I tried to do that over the years of just using the thumbnail and uh, I was down in the Dominican um, for the first time, and I was I was hanging out with a couple of other folks on this. We were on the, the Davidoff tour, and uh, 
And uh, I was hanging out with a couple of retailers and I was like, dang it, does anyone have a cutter? Because I had a cigar and a letter, but I didn't have the cutter. And he's like, you don't need a cutter. And this retailer showed me exactly the, the same thing that you just did, showed it to me. I was like, oh, well, that's life changing. Um, <laughs> if, if I'm ever in a pinch, that's fantastic. So he's like, yeah, try it out. And so I, I tried it and sure, like it worked to, to work like a charm, like you just showed us. So it's, it's, it's pretty. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just did it while we were talking and just peeled that off. You can see. It's, That's perfect. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, if you have a cigar, all you need is fire. So this next question has a backstory. I think I may have told it to you, uh, but I, I, I love it. But the depending on your choice here, I mean, I'll tell the story either way, but depend, I just interesting. So comfortable pants or comfortable shoes? Comfortable shoes. Fun. Comfortable shoes with that question. I was hoping you would answer this because this is one of my this is one of my core memories about PCA. Uh, again, I've, um, it's my first PCA trip. I'm I've I've interviewed a few folks over the over the last few months. I've been a part of Coop's team and and I've met people over the years in cigar shops. And I, I still hadn't had the pleasure of meeting you or Bill Paley at the time. We're sitting down with Bill Paley in the La Polina booth, and I remember uh, and. He, and it's funny because I remember looking at his shoes. I was like, man, those look really comfortable. And and you come into the booth and you're like, hey, Bill. And and you you make a comment about your shoes being more comfortable than his. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was just thinking about his comfortable shoes. And I'm like, so it. it was it was one of I wasn't in interaction with you and me. It was you were having your own conversation with bill across the way but i was like i remember that i was like well i'm going to remember this moment uh i was like comfortable shoes alan rubin likes comfortable shoes okay cool i'm going to commit that to memory well it, uh, it's so funny <laughs> last last year i went uh i went on a kind of a boys trip to scotland uh, to play golf and uh i played the first four days in golf shoes and i played the next four days in sneakers <laughs> so because you know you're yes. walking you know you're walking uh you know forty thousand forty thousand steps and i was like yeah this is not going to work for me literally i played the next four days in in, in sneakers and like had a great time so yeah comfortable shoes i have some really good golf shoes i have some foot joys that are they actually are pretty comfortable but man you're dead you're dead after walking 18 holes in them. And I was like, I remember, I remember on a similar trip, I was down in San Antonio with some of my friends and we played golf throughout the weekend. And yeah, by the last, the last 36 that we did, I was like, no, I just wore tennis shoes. Cause I was like, this is ridiculous. It's yeah. just, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm wearing, I'm wearing Jordan golf shoes from now on. I know which ones <laughs> ADG threes comfortable work. No issues. Nice. 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 All right. So the next, uh, this or that is uh, back to cigars, a match or a lighter? Lighter. Okay. What kind of lighter? Yeah. So, I mean, I, it's funny because on the desk I have standard flame and I have a torch. So I think people, are, oh, you know, if you use the torch and it, you know, you're, you're getting the, the, the butane, that's not true. You just keep the flame far enough away that you're using the the lowest part of the heat, you know, of the flame of a, of a torch. So, but yeah, either standard flame, probably my preference, uh, torch, heated up far enough away that the, you know, the an example, I'll just, um, so if you were going to just kind of make it, 
you know, like make it jump, mm-hmm. make the flame jump yeah. and you get the best part of it and it's quick and it's, it's efficient. So yeah, lighter for me. When I was working retail, that was one of my, my favorite lessons to teach. And, and, but so many people like, I was like, Hey, would you like a light for your cigar? And I would put the light, I would put the torch on and they would shove that foot of that cigar right to the bottom of the flame. And I'm just like, no, whoa, 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 whoa. Here we go. Let's, let's take a moment here. There's a moment for education here. Correct. Like you don't like flames hot, man. You don't need to go to the hottest part of the flame to light the cigar. So, nope. yeah. So, uh, I, I love I love match lighting. Uh, if you ever want to see a work of art, I, I talk about this all the time. My brother can light a cigar with a match, a single match every time. It's perfect. He has this, this, this routine. And, and he's I, I'm very much more of a cigar smoker than he is, but he has perfected lighting a cigar with a match. It's incredible. It's it's watching. It's watching art. He's a Van Gogh. It's yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm not opposed to it. Not opposed to a match. Yeah. But when you smoke as much as we do, it's not always efficient to. Have yeah, I keep going time. through books. Yeah. yeah, I have I have torches and matches and stuff all around here. So yeah, I use I use all different kinds of flames. Um, so I'm with you. Um, all right. So, uh, uh, dining in or dining out? Dining in. Okay. Who's so, who's cooking? Yeah. Okay. okay so, go 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 go. Here's go, the go. thing. So, dining out. I mean, it's hard to to replicate a dining experience in a great restaurant with a great chef. I think it's very difficult to replicate that, but the amount of time to go get ready, drive wherever you're going and the whole, you know, kind of, uh, you know, uh, the whole routine of getting into dining where I think at times it's more intimate to have, I don't care if you have a catered in, if that makes any sense, but dining in with friends, great whiskey, great wine, Go out, you know, dinner's over, go out the back, have a cigar. Um, I think that that's, uh, that's an exceptional experience. So for me, instead of going through the pomp and circumstance of going through the whole thing and driving where I'm going, have people at the house, have a great meal, and then go relax. So to me, dining in. Who's cooking? Uh, normally, <laughs> I hate to say this, but normally I would have, I'd have food brought in. I'd have it. Okay. My wife is a great cook, but I want her to enjoy the time with friends. So I want okay. her involved in that. So my wife is a great cook and she cooks for me and, and, you know, with the kids out of the house. But in terms of having people over, I'd much rather go to a place that I know and say, hey, this is what I want the, you know, the menu to look like for tonight. Have people come in because then I can, I can, you know, produce six or seven bottles of wine, different whiskeys, sit down, have a dinner, talk. And then go out, and relax over a cigar. Nice. How long have you been in Florida? You've been in Florida. For, I mean, for at least obviously the last twenty-five plus years. But how long have you been in Florida? My whole life. I was born. Whole life. Okay, yeah. that's what I thought. Okay, so I mean, it, it, it makes this next question pretty pertinent because you know you have the opportunity to do it uh, down there more often than some folks in this country. So, eating indoors or outdoors? Indoors. Okay. <laughs> You know, we, we live in like a rainforest in South Florida. There's a lot of humidity. So it's, it's more comfortable to, uh, to dine indoors, at least for me. I love, uh, I love living in Texas and everything. And, and it's, it's, there's a very small window in the fall and the spring where eating outdoors is even possible. Because, you know, if you get into the summer, it's like, forget about it. And when I say the summer, I mean, we're talking about late April to about late September. Right. 
you just no, just the answer is no, absolutely not. But I'm much, I'm, I'm much rather eat indoors too. I've never been a fan of eating outdoors. I can't yeah. even explain why. Yeah. So yeah, just I, I rather have a controlled environment, eat indoors, enjoy my meal, and then go out. All right. This is a, this is the last one, and this is the most. I think this is the most important. Alec or Bradley? I have an answer to that. There, <laughs> I have an answer to that. I, this is a joke, and I but I actually have a story for it too. But go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. I didn't so, expect you to have it. Okay. The answer is whoever's close enough to hear my answer. Okay. So, I always joke when people go like, "Who's your favorite son?" I'm like, "Whoever's close enough to hear it." So if Alex is next to me, he's my favorite. If Bradley's next to me, he's my favorite. Um, no, I mean, I have to tell you, they're such completely different young men um, mm-hmm. on, on every part of the spectrum. They're just different personalities. But, man, they're both really – and I'm just telling you, they're both just really cool individuals. Um, and they're, they're true to themselves. And so I kind of love – I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do a lot of laughing with my kids, man. We just, we honestly, every day that we're together, we laugh at something. I, you know, you've, you've, people have said that they've said that everyone has said that about how they're different. And I couldn't agree more. They are completely two different uh, personalities and everything. And I've really enjoyed getting to know them over the years. And I would say if, if I would say that I've probably gotten closer to Bradley over the years um, and everything, but uh, um, the, uh, um, the, um, I think, uh, I think Alan just uh, came off again, but uh, we're going to keep going here for just a second. Uh, I've gotten closer to Bradley over the years, but, uh, um, but getting to know them both is just, has been incredible. But I, uh, I'll tell a story about, uh, Alec here in just a second. Once, uh, once Alan comes back on. So, uh, Alan, can you, uh, can you hear us? Folks, I apologize for the technical difficulties that we're experiencing this evening, um, but uh, that's uh, that's technology for you. Sometimes we're uh, we're wrapping up our conversation with Alan Rubin, um, and uh, we've just got a few more minutes of his time. It sounds like with uh, with the technical difficulties that we're having and everything. But uh, really enjoyed this conversation that I've had with Alan. Uh, like I said before, he's one of my favorite interviews. My first interview with him was. Uh, one of my absolute favorites. I, I call it probably my perfect interview. And this one has been, has been a great conversation as well. Uh, we'll wait for him to get back on uh, and uh, see if he, it looks like he's back on. Let's see if he can hear us. I can so, hear you now. Okay. I apologize, man. It's okay. No, it's, I, I was saying how I've gotten close to Bradley probably a little bit more over the last couple of years. I've gotten to know him a lot more. I love both your sons really do. And I've really enjoyed getting to know them. They're different personalities and everything. Like my favorite Alex story actually is from the great smoke last year. Um, and it was like, I gave him a little bit of a hard time. I said, man, I, man, I heard you got married. I was like, how did I not know? And, and he's like, well, he's like, well, actually I've got something else to tell you. And that's when he told me that they were expecting. And I, I don't think he was fully prepared for this and I don't know where it actually came from, but I was so elated with joy. I grabbed him in the biggest, I mean, all pun intended, the best, biggest bear hug I've probably given out to anybody. Um, but I was so excited for him. Man. I was so thrilled. And uh, it was, um, it was just, a, it was a moment that I'll, 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 that I'll always remember. Hopefully I didn't scare the shit out of him, but um, <laughs> uh, uh, it, it was a moment. We talked about earlier, we talked about relationships. Right. And that's this industry is 
this industry is driven by relationships without question. Think about what you, what you just told me, right? You saw Alec and you were so excited that they were expecting a baby that you just gave him a giant bear hug. And that doesn't come without that feeling of family, that feeling of relationship. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you got to give yourself some credit for that, right? Because you, you know, you were able to, to just kind of facilitate that relationship with my kids and I know how they feel about you, but man, you know, you felt it and, yeah. and you showed it. And that's, what's cool about it. this industry, man, that is exactly it. Like that is yeah. exactly what you just told me. That's exactly what this industry is. It's like, you can compete from my side with all the manufacturers, but man, when something good happens, you're literally hugging one another. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was, so, it was, it was beautiful. Beautiful moment. Um, was so so happy for him. Uh, still am, obviously. Um, I, I put this list. I put this question specific on there because I get asked this question all the time, and I'm I'm definitely closer with my oldest. Obviously, he's been around the most, but you know, my they call it a phase. My youngest has been going through this phase <laughs> for, uh, during his lifetime where he just loves. He wants his mother all the time, and uh, uh, and. It's those few moments and far between where he asks for me and that's that's really special. But like someone asks, like, you know, like, do you do you do you have a favorite? I'm like, it's like it's a really unfair question. I I love both my children um, equally. Um, I do mean that. But there is uh, I can see being a father, how. I have different loves for both of them. And I know that that's going to change over the years and it's, mm-hmm. you know, there's going to be peaks and valleys and everything like that. And that's, that's part of the journey. Um, but, uh, um, but it's, I, it's something I'm definitely excited for. And, you know, when they get to be uh, your kid's age, you know, hopefully I'll look back and look at those, the journey of both of them and, and, uh, and have the, have the same love and admiration that I know you have for your children. So, yeah. Um, well, it's, Awesome. Well, Ellen, again, thank you so much for your time tonight. I got one last question for you. It's a little twofold and it has some twists and turns. So it's so again, all pun intended, just bear with me. I have yeah. some, I have, I have, I have, I have a point. I really do uh, to it. So I, I'm, we're not going to go into it. So this is our curve, uh, the details behind this, uh, the first part of this question, but this is our curveball question, which is always brought to you by Dunbar Tobacco and Trust. Fastballs or curveballs, it doesn't matter since the company's inception. Steve Sock has been knocking them out of the park. Seven consecutive years in the consensus top three, hoping for number eight here in a few days. Um, congratulations to our good friend, Steve Socker for his achievements. But uh, um, so... Again, we're not going to get into the details of it, but I know uh, the boys had a had a fun little project that they did with our good friends over at Cigar Dojo that uh, gave you guys a little uh, got an interesting call or letter in the mail. I don't remember which. Yep. Um, uh, about intellectual property and all that, but I'm curious. This has happened actually. This has happened a number of times in different capacities. It's usually what we usually hear about is sometimes in the cigar industry, like, oh, that name is too similar or the same of this name and we can't use it and stuff and you've 25 plus years you have uh dozens i would probably fair to say dozens Mm -hmm. of trademarks under your name um have you ever had to send a cease you don't have to get into the details of it but you if you ever had to send a a a a desist letter cease and desist letter for name usage yes yes uh actually so (laughs) Sometimes you do it because you don't know the person. 
right? And you're like, hey, we need to stop this. Somebody's infringing on our mark. Um, most of the time, so what happened was when I first got it for the first time, I actually had an attorney call me. And it was somebody I knew. So instead oh. of them reaching out to me, their attorney reached out. And instead of me calling my attorney, I said, I'm going to handle it. And I handled it with the attorney and, you know, whatever. A couple of months later, it was all finished and done. I had to make some changes and I did. And then I've had to do it. So, and we've had some interesting, really interesting um, cases. Um, you know, I had to go up against Anheuser-Busch, right? Because AB, Alec Bradley, Anheuser-Busch. Oh, yeah. I have a crown. They have a crown. So, you know, we've, we've, we've gone through a bunch of big guys that we've had to go through. On a cease and desist, I had somebody who brought out a brand on a mark that I owned that was trademarked. Uh, we hadn't brought it to market yet, but they kind of infringed on that. But I had a conversation with them. And my conversation was, I don't want you to get hurt. So I need to see your inventories. And I'm going to give you, I'm going to write you a letter saying you have the right to sell off those inventories. And then it's over. And you have this period of time to do it. Right. Because if I don't protect my mark, mm -hmm. that hurts me in the future. And sure. so I've had to do that. Um, let's say with two major manufacturers that you would know, um, I've had to do that twice. And one is recently as, Two months ago. Oh, wow. Okay. So yeah. pretty recent. Okay. Where wow. the intent, you know, for me, it's also about the intent. Like, hey, they didn't know. They didn't necessarily do the research. Something that they shouldn't have done, but they didn't, they didn't know. And so for me, I always try and kind of work it out because I remember what it felt like getting a call from the attorney instead of the owner. Yeah. I didn't like, I didn't like the feeling. So for me, I always try and go the extra mile and say, hey, look, we're going to we'll figure it out. Well, we don't want we don't want anyone to be hurt. We just want to make sure we're protecting our intellectual property. So that's kind of how we how we handle it. I think that's how the majority of them go. I mean, there's certainly certainly some that we could probably name that have gotten a little ugly, unfortunately. But I think that, you know, I think, again, going back to the greatness of the cigar industry and the people in it, you know, it, it it's. Good. And and that's, you know, what you've, what you just said about the practice that you took with some of these folks where you said, Hey, let me see your inventory, go ahead and sell it. You can do that, but then you're done. You know, you don't have to, you didn't have to do that, you know? And, and I've heard other people do this and have a similar practice too. And that's, I mean, I mean, I mean, what grace, you know, and, you know, to, to handle that with, I mean, that's, you know, that's like you said that, you know, it's a pure reflection of, you know, the first time you had to go through and you didn't like getting that call and everything. So, um, yeah, listen, I, I can't remember what I had for lunch, but I do remember certain <laughs> moments in my career where things didn't feel good or I had to fight. Um, look, I'll, I'll tell you one right now. Um, doers, right? Doer scotch. Yeah. Doers, doer scotch. They basically clipped my entire, not only one of my trademarks, but our entire marketing concept that they took even, and oh, their wow. attorney, their attorney actually said to my attorney, I see why Alan is upset. Right. Because, you know, we have lived true. We've had lived true forever. I actually owned it in spirits as well. And doers came out with a whole live true marketing campaign. That's right. Oh my gosh. I, told, I did. Wow. And, I didn't even if you go back in. to my, if you go back to my road warriors campaign, they actually basically took my road warriors campaign with it. 
So, yeah, I mean, I know what it's like to fight the big guys. I don't necessarily want want to fight the younger guys that are coming in. And some of them are my friends. And we just like have, you know, have to make a call and say, hey, look, we own this mark. Oh, you're only doing 500 boxes for a limited edition piece. Sell your 500 boxes, but you have to sign a letter stating that you'll never do it again. Because I don't want them to get stuck with 500 boxes if they don't have. Yeah, I was that guy. Well, again, it goes back to something we haven't really talked about tonight. You've always proven to be a champion of the industry, you know, like your support for all of our efforts against the, the, the FDA and everything. And I mean, that, that, that absolutely tracks, you know, obviously, because again, you don't want to hurt your fellow manufacturer, you know? Um, So that's, that's pretty, had the doers thing. I completely, completely didn't even think about that. That's crazy. That's a crazy story. Um, By the way, even when I won, I lost because what it cost me in legal fees and what I got back, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's never a net win. Yeah. That's, again, pretty, uh, pretty consistent with what I've heard from other folks, too, when I've had this similar conversation. But um, so the the twist of this second part of this conversation, again, is a little self-indulgent. So if you permit me. Um, So I think about the when uh when uh manola casada sold uh to papine the fonseca mark right and so they redid fonseca and everything but you know um you know and i was it got it got me thinking to like i wonder how much like what that what that all took like what was the conversation like you know how do you honor the past and do your own thing and stuff and i was like thinking i'm like man i really love mundial so my question is, I don't have a lot of money, Alan, but I mean, if there was a, we were talking about the number with Bradley shaving his mustache, but if there was a number, I mean, would, would you let one of your marks go to someone who was that excited about it? I would, pro- I mean, at, at first glance, right. I mean, we're having a conversation like here live, right? Yeah. At and first glance. And it's just for fun. Like, let's face it. I would never be able to generate the type of capital for it. <laughs> But at, at first glance, I would try and figure out, is there another way to give you what you need without without me having to sell the mark? Is there another way to do this? Mm. And so if we sat down over, uh, you know, lunch and a cigar and uh, and some spirits, and I said, what is it? Tell me what you love and tell me what you want to achieve. And let's figure out if there's something there. I'd much rather do that because I'd much rather collaborate with you and have you as my partner then go and just send you on your own and say, hey, um, it was a barter, right? It was a barter. You wanted something and you gave me something. And it was, I don't love the barter system. I love it to be more than that. So, and if you think about it, when you go down, if you're going to buy cigars down at the factory, we'll say whatever factory, it's a barter system, right? Mm -hmm. I give you money, you give me cigars, we call it a day. I never wanted to live my life that way, not you know my professional life either, right? And that is, what more can I give? What more can I bring? What more can you give me? What more is there? And mm-hmm. so it would be the same with you. If you said, hey, I really like you know, Mundial, what can we do? We'd sit down and creatively come up with a way like, hey, is there a way to do this? Yeah. To me, that's more exciting. I, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think the, uh, uh, I mean, like I said, I created this whole fantasy in my head. All right, but I'm like, but, it's to your to your point about like well what would I want, but I I couldn't I couldn't do or would I want to do what Papine did with Fonseca, which was create 
its own identity within the my father catalog right and which they did a great job i'm not i'm certainly not make i'm not putting any disparaging remark on it i think they did a fantastic job with honoring the fun second name and, and putting their own mark on it which was cool but like the everything that i love about mundial is it's alec bradley <laughs> you know i i love the i love the i love the label i love the packaging i love the blend i love it because it's alec bradley i mean i couldn't recreate that and well, i wouldn't want to you know listen that's 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 pretty cool i mean that you know, we we've been we're on the we're on the Zoom now for you know two two plus hours, and yet at the very end of the segment, you you give me something so inspiring, like, hey, we did something that somebody loves, you know, somebody somebody feels for it in our mm -hmm. brand. If oh, I tell absolutely. you, my entire career is about that what you just said, getting people emotionally engaged with our brand. And that's every that's that's my entire business life. That's that's it. So, yeah, man. I mean, if there's I I hear you like right now, and this is where you suck because now I'm going to go home and I'll be thinking about this all night. It's another oh, night. Damn it. Yeah, <laughs> not yeah. my intention. And I, I'm so and I sorry. I 100 blame you for this. <laughs> I'm so, so embarrassed now. Make, yeah, make no bones about it. But oh no. But no. But there's something really cool about that. And like, you know, somebody, somebody actually gives a shit, you know, somebody cares, like they, they feel something and that, oh, yeah. that, that means everything. Now. So I appreciate that. I, I really do. Thank you. Oh, uh, you're welcome. I'm sorry for the sleepless night. I, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm thoroughly embarrassed. I mean, that it was, I, I, this is how touching this, this, this cigar is to me. So I, I remember, I remember reading the announcement. Uh, that you guys were going to be discontinuing it. And I was, I was so upset. And, um, and I remember I, I reached out to Bradley. I was like, who's got it? Where, you know, who's got it? Point me in a direction. And he's like, man, don't worry. I got you. And he sent me some and I didn't ask for it. I wasn't pandering. I was like, where, who's got it? Where can I get them before they're all gone? And it's a small, you know, it was a small collection of something. And this is part of it. And, uh, that that I, I I I've smoked a few, um, obviously, and then I just I, don't, I just can't bear to to smoke the others, you know, because I just <laughs> I want to hold on to it. And um, I mean, it's great that you can have those moments um, that you can see in your career and stuff when you you get to see it firsthand, whether it's someone across the zoom screen or, or in the shop or something like that, where you've, you've created something that's, that's very near and dear and special to somebody. And, and, and that's what you've made a career of Alan. And it's, it's been a fan, it's been a hall of fame career. I mean, I have to tell you, Bear, it's even weird hearing that, you know, like <laughs> it, it is because, you know, if I, whatever, if I found out on a Tuesday, there was no difference between Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, right? Like the day before, <laughs> the day after nothing really changed except for the fact that, someone recognized that I, I care so much about this industry um, and that I've worked, I've worked really hard to, to make the industry better than the day I walked in. And yeah, that's been, it wasn't always the goal, right? The goal was, like I said, feed my family, but man, when you have an opportunity to, to give back to people, you know, we, we, um, 
we support a, a charity, you know, we support an underprivileged a school for underprivileged kids in, in Honduras and an orphanage in Nicaragua. And like, you can find ways to give back. I mean, and then somebody says, Hey, you did a good job. And, um, you, you deserve to kind of be in this group. It's hard to wrap your head around that. Well, from an outside inside perspective, you've accomplished it. So it's been, it's been a, it's been a joy smoking your cigars and there'll be a joy continue to smoke your cigars. And I mean, this double broadleaf is proof that, you know, you know, Alec Bradley's got a legacy that uh, that will continue with with the boys and everything, and into a even a like we talked about maybe a divergent from the original path, but it's still going forward and 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 still part of what you originally created and everything. So, Alan, thank you so much for the time tonight. I'm so blessed and so grateful to have you. Thank you. It's been yeah. it's been wonderful. I got to tell you, man, it is literally. I feel like you're sitting in the chair in front of me right now. It's just sitting down with a friend of mine and uh, having a drink and having a cigar and having real conversation, man. I, I just, there's something, I don't know. There's just something about the way you feel and you, you explain it and you're able to communicate it and disseminate how, who you are and what you believe in. And um, man, I'm a, I'm a big fan. So thank you. Thanks. Thanks for everything you do, not only for, for, for me and for Alec Bradley, but, what you do for this industry, you, you provide a platform for manufacturers to get real if they want to. <laughs> um, <laughs> it wasn't a knock. It was just like, if someone wants to get real, you give them the opportunity, you do your yeah. research. Uh, and it's always a great conversation. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. That's, that's, that's what I've, that's what I've wanted to create with this. And I feel like I have, and you, you know, you, you said something very similar to me at the conclusion of our last interview. And uh, it was an honor then it's even, hearing it a second time it's i think it's an even bigger honor alan um i gotta be honest um uh it's these two conversations that we've had um uh, you know i've had some great ones as i've meant it meant before and and they're all very special in their own right but they're there's you know we we're talking about favorite sons a minute ago but these these two conversations are you know i'll, I'll i'm gonna go ahead and say it and break some hearts along the way but they've been my favorite so thank you you're awesome, man. Um, thanks for giving me the opportunity. Um, it's always, like I said, if it wasn't you, you know, like, <laughs> it wasn't happening. If it wasn't it. Yeah. If it wasn't me 1030 and I, nope, the answer is no. But in all honesty, I, I kind of miss you. And uh, this is my chance to kind of get back with you and, and, and catch up. And so I'm glad to hear that the kids are doing well, man. They're growing up quick. Yeah. Uh, enjoy, enjoy every moment of that. Thank you, sir. Thank you yeah. very much. For everything. To our audience, thank you so much for hanging out late with uh, Alan and I. We appreciate all those likes, shares, and comments. Keep them coming. Uh, as always, we do appreciate uh, everything, whether you're tuning in live here on Facebook, where we broadcast every Sunday, uh, or you're checking us out later on our YouTube channel by Elos Fumar, or if you're listening to us later on podcasts, you can listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, or iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure you download, subscribe, and review. If you are a subscriber, do me a favor, hit the word unsubscribe and then, but hit the word resubscribe again, because that helps my numbers. 
and I can get great guests like Alan uh, at 10.30 at night on a, on a Sunday. So uh, it's fantastic. So keep it up, everybody. We do appreciate everyone out there. So thank you so much. From the bottom of my heart, uh, Alan, um, it, it's, been, it's been an honor. Thank you so much for your time. I look forward to seeing you hopefully sooner than later and uh, uh, maybe having that moment in that office with you. So Absolutely. thank you so much. Bear, I appreciate you, man. Thank you. Thank you Absolutely. for tonight. Everyone out there, I'm Bear Duplissy. Live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studio of Azle, Texas. This was our 237th take. Guess what, everybody? See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>